a world filled with fast-paced living and constant demands on the aging body, it's easy to forget some of the simplest yet most essential elements of our well-being, hydration and nutrients. As you know, when I'm not in the studio recording a podcast or in the gym or out in the scrub hunting, putting rounds downrange, I'm somewhere in the world on a security gig, putting in the hard yards, ending up on TikTok. So legends that get some, keep me advancing forward, Jocko Fuel Supplements. More specifically, I've been smashing the Jocko Hydrate Sachets, which helps me replenish my electrolytes and other critical vitamins while boosting energy and supporting recovery. Also, just like my kids, my appetite for veggies goes as far as hot chips from the kernel. However, every morning I'll mix a scoop of Jocko Greens, Jocko Creatine into water, which helps me supplement my lack of and delivers all the nutrients for better gut health, immune support, cognitive function, and physical performance. And not to mention, tastes bloody good. So head over to www.getsome.com.au and use the code Zero Limits all in caps for a discount. I'll leave you with this for the day. Hard work, clean fuel, stronger, faster, smarter, better. Let's go. It's time for the Zero Limits Podcast, hosted by Australian veterans. Chatting with high-charging humans with hectic stories from around the world. We'll give you the motivation to take on whatever life throws at you and the kick to complete any goal you set your mind to. Let's go. Zero Limits listeners on today's Zero Limits podcast, I am joined in the studio again, which I absolutely love. I love doing these uh, face-to-face podcasts. You kind of get a bit more out of it, I reckon, and you get to see their faces and uh, you know how nervous they are too. Uh, the guy I've got on today, New South Wales police officer, spent uh, around a total of 22 years within the force, only just got out uh, a year ago. His name is Brad Dawes. He grew up in Maitland and spent majority of his career within the DIGPRO, Dignitary Protection side of things, uh, which I absolutely love because that's, that's, that's my world. And it's going to be great to hear his story and share it and a lot of the previous past guests that I've had on New South Wales Cops, there's been that one degree of separation between him and those some of those guys, and he's worked with some of these guys. So it's uh, and he sent me a few a few photos through some notable notable faces in those. <laughs> you know, one one of them Dalai Lama. He didn't try and suck your tongue, did he? No, not on that occasion. <laughs> I worked on him a few times. Not on that occasion. <laughs> And uh, yeah, mate, there's just, we'll, we'll definitely get through that list because that list is just amazing. Brad Dawes, mate, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good, mate. Good. Very, feeling very humbled and privileged to be here, mate. No, I appreciate it, mate. Really appreciate you coming in, uh, giving your time. You know, we met up a few weeks ago through uh, Fergo, Aaron Ferguson. And uh, for the listeners, if you want to have a listen to Fergo's podcast, head back and ex uh, one commando, Choco, and uh, cop as well, detective, defective as they call it. <laughs> <laughs> he did uh, 20 odd years in both, both professions. So, but that's how we've linked up and we caught up at the pub, had a beer and he's worked are, at mate. you. Yeah. yeah. He's worked at you and I've worked at are. you and here we are again, mate. I, I really want to get to know this story because it's, it's one of those unspoken about things we've seen, you know, the premiers and uh, prime ministers kicking around, you know, parts of Australia and you always see these guys in the black suits with the earpieces and the black sunnies on and, 
there's there's people behind these people, you know, uh, keeping it all safe. So, mate, yeah, definitely, mate. It's look, I think it's a very different side of of policing that's not talked about, you know, too much at all. Um, and I know before I got into it, I, I knew very little about it. Uh, spent, you know, predominantly most of my time sort of on the street. Um, and then, mate, they advertise a course and um, sort of did a did a little bit of research on it and that sort of stuff and then found out a little bit more about it, mate, and then, yeah, sort of got my teeth into it after a course. But, yeah, again, mate, it, it's, it's certainly, uh, it was certainly back then um, a, a little unit um, that not not too many people sort of knew about. And I guess when you talk about dignitaries and VIPs and that sort of stuff, mate, a lot of people tend to think predominantly it's the AFP. Yeah. Um, but believe it or not, mate, each state and territory has their own sort of role to play in that in that whole sort of side of things, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly, which we'll definitely talk about um, <coughs> just quickly, mate, the movie The Bodyguard. How many times have you watched it? Once, I think, mate. Nothing. <laughs> Don't worry, mate. <laughs> it's, it's, you've cut it's out the fa- you've cut, it's, you've cut I've out, it before, yeah, mate. Frank Farmer's face, you've cut it out and put yours on, haven't you? <laughs> A blonde Frank Farmer. <laughs> no, mate, look, it's it's certainly one of those, mate. I copped the bodyguard a bit and, and, and the other one is oh, – People often say, oh, would you really take a bullet for those people? You go, no, I'm not fucking stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it depends how much they're paying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mate, uh, before we crack on with the with the New South Wales police side of things, mate, let's get back to younger East Maitland days, mate. Now, as we know, Maitland, I live in that area and it's it's a rough old area, especially these days with the youth crime, Yeah, which is absolutely bonkers. Mate. But, mate, let's get back to the younger days growing up. Yeah, so, mate, I grew up in East Maitland. I'm the eldest of five kids. Um, sort of background, I guess, mate, sort of came from a very sort of humble family. Dad was a industrial arts high school teacher, uh, mum a stay-at-home mum. And, um, yeah, just I guess, mate, Maitland's grown so much since then. You know, I think back then, mate, it was only a town of, mate, not even 40,000 no odd, way. Odd people, yeah. Gilson, Gilson Heights didn't exist. No, mate, I think it had a fish and chip shop and that was about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <a> cricket. Yeah. <laughs> that was about it. But, um, yeah, so it, it definitely back then it was a it was a sort of smaller place to grow up in. Um, you know, I spent most of my schooling there and that sort of thing. And I, I guess, you know, doing something like joining the cops, it's a big deal sort of leaving a sort of a, a smaller country town like that and sort of leaving your roots to predominantly, mate, you think you're going to be going to Sydney anyway, you know. But, yeah, one of five, mate, the eldest. Um, basically, while well, my family is still there, mate. So oh, I was, yeah, right. I was the only one that sort of flew the coop, mate, so to speak. Yeah. Now, you said there's five, five, boy, five boys, girls. So there's me, there's me, mate, then I've got a brother who's two years younger. Yep. He's – um. So he's a linesman, mate, for uh, Osgrid. Ozzy, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then I've got twin sisters, mate, uh, who another couple of years younger. They're both still there, mate, uh, graphic designers. And then uh, my youngest brother, mate, he's the bloke that got the brains, the brawn, everything, mate. He's sort of the genetic super freak, mate. Generally, he's that younger <laughs> one. It's, it's, it is. It's not my younger brother. Like he just, he's he obviously killing it. Yeah. But he's, yeah. Got to see my mistakes, my older brother's mistakes, and then they, they, yeah. generally that yeah, young well, ones. Yeah, mate, he got it all. Because like, I was a dumb dumb at school, mate. I was a very average sort of student. 
sporting wise, mate, I was okay, but never sort of things never sort of came naturally for me. But this bloke, mate, and I think you know, being being the youngest of five, you do develop. You know, you watch your, your yeah. older brothers and sisters exactly. and sort of, you know, we always had him out in the backyard with the cricket ball or the footy or whatever, mate, from, you know, they can barely walk. Yeah, yeah. They're you know, just following everyone around and, matey. Monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, mate. Yeah, right. Now, I guess for the brother that was two years younger, he would have been the one you probably hung out with most in a way. Yeah, we did, mate. And I think. Um, Obviously the two sisters, they're doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah, more or less, mate. Yeah. So uh, as far as my brothers were concerned, mate, but the sort of brother who was two years younger, Lee, his name is, um, we sort of were the closest. And, mate, because it's that two-year mm. age gap, you know. So, mate, a lot of fighting, a lot of driving mum, you know, nuts. Yeah. Um, tearing the hair out and that sort of stuff. But, um, mate, it's, look, and you see a lot of sort of family environments these days and people move on and they're not, you know, they're not too close to their family, but, mate, we're still fairly close to each other, which is good, mate. So we, we catch up when we can and, uh, mate, they've all got their own kids now and uh, I've got a little one as well, mate, who's four. So, yeah, they all tend to hang out and play with each other and that sort of stuff as well, mate. So Yeah, yeah, nice, mate. As you said, mate, you struggled at school. <clears throat> it's it's a common theme, trend for a lot of us, especially in those days. What We're we talking – how old are you, sorry? What year? About to turn 46, mate. Yeah, right. So what's that, 1975? 77. 77? Yeah. Close. <laughs> <laughs> Casing point. <laughs> and, I wasn't a mathematician. <laughs> you know, growing up in those 80s and 90s, again, free range, schooling was a lot different. As we, we spoke about offline, this is where I think you've listed the school, uh, Maitland Grossman, and as I said, there was yeah, a- Grossman, Yeah, Grossman. Yeah. Grossman. Yeah. I didn't know how to say it. Now there's a teacher that, you know- I think choke slammed a, a student a while back. Student Just probably recently. Fu- student yeah. probably deserved yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. That was a common trend back in our day. If you gobbled off to a teacher, you either get a backhand cane or hundred chili in your mate. mouth, soap in your mouth. Hundred percent, and mate, you got to foot up the ass. Mm. You did, and um, mate, that's just how it was. Mm. And um, you know, we talked about this. Like my old man, he was a industrial arts uh, teacher at Maitland High, which mate, I you know. People who have been there, it was a pretty rough sort of school. But, um, mate, I, you know, I had blokes coming up to me, mate, not long after I turned 18. And um, they'd go, oh, is your old man, Mr. Dorset, worked at Maitland High? And I'd go, yeah. He's gone, oh, it's like your old man sat me on my ass a few times, you know. <laughs> and, and, mate, there was no bad blood there. Yeah. That's just, mate, that's just how it was. Yeah. Um, it was funny, mate. The old man, he's dead. He's a dead ringer for Chuck Norris. Oh, no way. Yeah, my, all my mates used to call him Chucky. Ch- <laughs> I shit you not. Chucky with a better physique, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, mate, yeah. And, and so growing up, mate, he was tough. He was tough. He was from that old sort of school mm. mentality, mate. And, mate, <sighs> fuck, we got a foot up the ass all the time. Because um, you, you probably deserved it too. Yeah, mm. yeah, deserved it, mate. We drove mum nuts and, um, you know, lived in a bit of fear, but <laughs> not a bad thing, mate. Oh, yeah, but, um, yeah, mate, Chuck Norris and, mate, he, oh, I remember he, he, mate, he had this old, remember the old FJ-55 oh, yeah. Land Cruisers? Yeah, yeah. Mate, he had one of them and, um, mate, it would have been re-sprayed, the whole thing had been re Remember they were sort of like a two-tone? Yep. The originals. This thing had been re-sprayed, this... Car key colour. So, mate, the, the boys used to call it the Delta Mobile. 
and then Chuck Norris and the other fours. But mate, yeah, it, it, so yeah, you, you know, grow up living in a little bit of fear, but it's not a bad thing, mate. Kept me on the straight and narrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As I said, mate, we, when it comes to schooling, you're you're lacking. Now, where does the cops come in? Like, you joined the cops nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Where you know, have you got family history within the cops or military or anything? Not really, mate. I've got a very good cousin, mate. I think he's still in. I think he's at, at the terrace, mate. He'd be getting up close to thirty odd years, I think. Um, but I think for me personally, mate, I, so I went through and did the HSC and, and that was sort of, uh, mate, I'm not, even mechanically wise, Matt, I'm not very sort of inclined that way. And so I sort of, you know, a lot of kids left at year 10 and apprenticeship was sort of off the cards for me, mate, because <laughs> I'm struggling to Just put some duplo yeah. play together, mate. But um, so I busted, I had to bust my ass a little bit, mate, so study-wise to do the HSC and, again, mate, nothing came naturally to me. Like mathematically, science-wise, mate, it, it was a tough haul. Um, English-wise and that sort of stuff, a little bit better. My written skills were a little bit better, um, which I think sort of helped me down the track with the cops a little bit, just getting in. You know, but, mate, busted my – I didn't know what I wanted to do, mate. I busted my ass doing the HSC and then um, got into PE teaching at um, Newcastle Uni. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you had no desire to join the cops? At that point in time, mate, at that point in time, you know, you mate, you're a kid. You don't know what you really want to yeah. do. And, mate, the cops was sort of always in the back of my mind, but a few times that I actually mentioned it to mum and dad, mum, mate, hit the roof. Oh, did she? Yeah, mate, did not, just could not have me in harm's way, you know, just she said, oh, worry too much, blah, blah, blah. And I guess, you know, that may have sort of pushed me even harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, mate, with the cops back then, I think, again, there was a little bit of that, what's the word, mate, a little bit of that mystique involved with the cops. You know, back in the day, mate, like the only time like you really called the cops was, you know, something bad bad was yeah. happening. And um, as you know, mate, it was it was a different kettle of fish back then as well. With oh, the pistol whipping people back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they you know, were, was, yeah. And, and, mate, so no different you know, to how things were handled in that school environment with giving kids, you know, a foot up the arse mm. or the cane or whatever. The cops did the same, mate, yeah. on the street. And that's that's how they got respect. And I think that respect thing, mate, you sort of, that, that created that sort of mystique mm. as well about the cops. So, yeah, mate, started PE teaching down at Newcastle Uni and, I, mate, I must have got probably the best part of through the first year and just thought, mate. What like, year was this? So this would have been, like, what what year did the Knights beat Manly in the? Oh, no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think, was it 97? I think they beat, I think 97. It, yeah, 97. They won 97 2001. Yeah, so 97 yeah. I would have started down at, down at Newcastle Uni, mate. Yeah. yeah. You're just bringing up fucking memories here about the Broncos, mate. It was only fucking last week or the two weeks ago oh, they lost. Oh, mate. That, let's not talk about football because it's fucking oh, – it's, 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 well, it's a soft mate. point right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's an axe yeah. I'll use it. <laughs> Mates, um, yeah, so you, you start doing this at uni and you're just like, nah, I can't. This is – Just wasn't for me, mate. Maybe, uh, yeah. It, it, look, it's – and again, I think things had really – as far as school teaching – and I'm sure school teachers will admit this, and, and make very similar to the cops. Things have started transitioning to a point where, 
you couldn't really take the gloves off anymore, mm. you know. Um, so I guess, you know, and it, it just seemed a bit Mickey Mouse to me, um, sticking my head in the books again where I wasn't, like, if your heart's not in it, you know, what's the point? And um, I guess that's, for me, going forward and looking forward, mate, my heart was in joining the cops in the end. And, that, and that's, you know, I guess that's what, you know, if, you, if you're interested in something, mate, you just go 100%. Where does the interest come from, though? Because, you know, again, you, you know, for me, military, it was just, I guess, growing up around that military theme of movies and yeah, yeah, you always see yeah. the army guy. and Mate, I think, oh, mate, I think around that time because mate, I was still trying to figure out, I was at uni and I was still trying to figure out uh, what I wanted to do. I think, mate, I went to a, a police open day just down at, at Newcastle and, um, Mate, again, back then, you know, they 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 take you through the station, they take you through, mate, the crime scene office and everything, mate. It was it was no holes barred, mate. There'd be dead body dead bodies plastered all over the wall, mate. You got these young kids walking through having a gawk, and again, mate, I I found it, I did find it a little intriguing, bit intriguing, you know. And um, again, mate, I, I saw <laughs> again, mate, you sort of you grow up thinking, you know, with the cops, if you're in the cops, mate, back then you were a bit of a hero amongst men, you know, and, and you wanted, mate, I always sort of grew up playing team sport and that sort of thing. Just, mate, it just, it just, I don't know, mate, it was just that sort of intrigue, I guess, you know. Yeah. The unknown. The unknown. Yeah, gotcha. You know? And um, so you, you're like, fuck uni, <laughs> I'm done with this shit. Oh, mate, yeah. And yeah, it wasn't for me. you've done this, I guess, you know, induction day at the cops, uh, information day type thing. What's the process from here? So, mate, I think, mate, I started making inquiries um, and then back back around that time that I wanted to join, mate, um, it had just started transitioning from that from the old prep sort of style of um, police class into I think Charles Sturt Uni took it over. So again, mate, it, that was a transition for the cops in itself. So, mate, I think I applied. I think, mate, from recollection, I, I think I had to apply through bloody Charles Sturt University. Oh, did which, you? Yeah, right. Yeah, which was the second class um, of that sort of new new style of, um, okay, that new format um, that the, the academy was going towards, mate. So, and again, mate, back then. Um, Mate, I wasn't working straight out of school and there was that opportunity, mate, you, you could apply for, mate, they, they called it a scholarship, um, which, mate, back then I think it was 12 grand for the year, mm. you know, which, um, mate, applied for. And again, mate, I wasn't too bad written-wise and I think that's what sort of got me over the line because you had to sort of sell yourself a little bit um, to get that money. But a lot of my mates down there, mate, they weren't in that boat, so – Again, that was that was a problem, mate, because the old prep style of um, training, mate, they'd pay you to train. The cops paid you to train. Where now? Yeah, yeah, we've spoken about this. You know, you got blokes, and you probably want to attract <coughs> blokes who have got a trade, or you want to attract blokes who have got a bit of life experience now. Mate, they can't, can't. They can't just know. drop what they're doing, mate. They've probably yeah. got kids, family, you know, bills. Who can stop working for six months and not get paid? Exactly. So. That, that, that's that's a massive problem in itself mm. now, man. And, 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 mate, it was a problem back then because I had mates – I had mates who were – you know, you'd go to classes Monday to Friday, mate, and then um, 
they'd be working at the BP or the Cowtex or uh, just doing shit kicker jobs on the weekend. Just to make ends meet. Yeah, just to pay for their board down at the academy, you know. That's another weird thing. You get it. I've actually heard it, this is probably a great thing for debrief, but I've heard that they got to pay to use the the washing machines and stuff down there too. Yeah, back then, mate. And they yeah. still do now. Oh, it makes no sense. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> anyway, Ridiculous. that's a debrief. That is. You, you'll be back for a debrief. Now, mate, you get down to the academy. How was it? I guess, as I said, your old man was a, a teacher, so you had a bit of discipline at home. I'm sure he gave you a couple of backhands here and there when you needed it. So the discipline was there. So, mate, I – so from recollection, mate, again, mate, I was one of these blokes. uh, Again, mate, we – our family didn't have a lot of money and um, I hadn't been working much prior to going down the academy. So, mate, I remember the the old man driving me down in that old FJ55, mate. Yeah, right. Yeah, mate, it was just basically a bag full of clothes, mate. And, and again, mate, you sort of, you, you are, I, I remember the feeling, mate, you, you sort of, you're driving down into the unknown and especially, mate, you're a kid, you're still a kid, you know, you're barely sort of 19, 20 odd and, um, yeah, driving down there, mate, and, and sort of going, you, you really are walking into the unknown, but, mate, you get down there and if you're the sort of bloke, mate, who can talk to people, you, you, mate, you make mates pretty quick. You know, and, and, and I think that's, for me personally, um, that's what happened, mate. You sort of you get talking to blokes. and Yeah, and you're a rugby boy as well, so rugby, rugby league. Yeah. So you yeah, later on in the schooling, mate, I was a fuck, yeah. mate, I was a skinny kid. Mate, yeah. in, I remember in uh, year nine, mate, I was only about 56 kilos. Yeah. And again, mate, because for that, <laughs> I had massive blues with the old man over this. Mate, all you lived growing up in East Maitland, Mate, all you want to do is play rugby league. Footy, yeah. You do, mate, because all your mates are doing it. And, mate, my old man, old man, you know, grew up playing rugby league but wouldn't let me play because I was 56 kilos. <laughs> and then um, he said, look, put on a bit of size and then we'll see how we go. So I ended up playing rugby during my last couple of years at school. Mm. And um, I ended up over a couple of years, you know, you get that growth spurt, I ended up putting on about 20 kilos. And um, I think the, the might have been the first or second game that the old man came to watch. Um, I had a, a dude got his had his ball sack rucked open. Oh, and mate, you, you haven't heard a blood curdling scream. I know. Until oh. you hear a bloke <laughs> with half his sack ripped in half, mate. And I'm just <laughs> looking, and mate, they get the you know the ambulance drives on all the rest of it. And, I remember looking up at the old man, he's just shaking his head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far out. Now, just like the reason why I brought that up because, you know, especially within that that uh, team sport, especially rugby league, especially at Malin Way, it's boys, boys. You know, it is, Rough mate. boys. So getting yeah. down to the school or the academy, I'm sure you would have linked up with a couple of the other boys, boys. Yeah, definitely, mate. hundred uh, percent. And like, the, again, mate, most of these guys who, who go down there, mate, they're knock around blokes. You know, they, they, they come from a similar sort of upbringing. Um, I remember going down there, mate, and I think I said, oh, I think the bloke next door to me, mate, he might've been from Tweed Heads and there was another few from Sydney and that sort of thing. So blokes from different sort of walks of life. But uh, again, mate, you know, you all got that same... 
um, goal in mind. And I think that's what bonds you in the end, mate. You want to get through and, and do it together. And I think going down and mate, mostly you, you know, you, you are kids, you know, um, and it's, you know, it is, you know, for me, I think that was the first, well, it was, it was the first time I'd really been away from that home environment, mate. So it is, it's a bit of a shock to the system, mate, but, um, uh, you know, you get your, you make some good mates, you get your mates around you. And, um, I think that's what gets you through, mate. It gets, gets you through most of your career. It's that, you know, I think, and I think for me, that's what I miss, mate. That's the, you know, it's your mates and that, um, that bond you make mate, mm. over many, many years, you know? Yeah. Mate, uh, just turn that mic. Just, it's just cutting a little bit. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah, better. <clears throat> Maybe just, uh, point it down a little bit so you can just, Flip it down like that. Yep. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Yep. <clears throat> Mates. So just reading through your bio, you start with about 300 people in your class. How long was the, the process? This is 99. 99, mate. I think the first, mate, they, no, I think they divvied it up back then into like a trimester. Um, so the first, I think the first trimester um, was down there, obviously, um, at Goulburn. And then, mate, you'd go back for your second trimester, and that's when you'd do your placement um, at a cop shop, which, mate, I went back to Maitland. Um, and, mate, from recollection, that was sort of back in the middle of winter, mate, so a little bit quiet um, in Maitland in winter. I don't know what it's like now, but, um, yeah, it sort of gets your teeth into it a little bit. And I know... I think things might have changed now with that, mate, because you were just riding around with the boys. You're going to urgent duties. You're getting getting a getting a fair exposure of, of what it was all. You know, yeah, about, mate. You know, yeah. How long is that that placement at Maitland, mate? I think. Oh, so you come, oh, sorry, you come all the way back to Maitland just for your placement? Yeah, yeah, because it mate, it just it, it worked out well for me because I just went back yeah, in with you're my home. Day, yeah, you yeah. Know? Um, and I think, mate, I think it was only about, you do six weeks at the cop shop and then I think, mate, you do another six weeks doing some bullshit community placement, mate, and sort of helping out at, oh, mate, I think I helped out over at some Maitland Youth. Oh, did you? Youth Hostel or something like that, mate. Yeah. How was that six weeks at the cop shop? What did you get exposed to? Death, trauma? <sighs> Because it was the middle of winter, not a lot, mate. So, um, <sighs> mate, looking back, mate, a few little car accidents. Uh, there was no, at that point, mate, I hadn't gone to any sort of death or trauma. Um, lucky or unlucky, I don't know. Um, it was just, I found it at that point, mate, because it was the middle of winter, mate, very quiet in Maitland. Um, <laughs> mate, I do remember. Mate, back then, station or Maitland Station had its own petrol bowser, so you didn't have to. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. So the boys used to fill the truck up just out <laughs> the back, and um, and their own cars. Yeah, and their own cars. <laughs> and um, I remember, mate, it was pretty quiet, and a bird, um, bird I was working with, um, she said, "Oh, can you go and get the go and get the truck and fill it up for me?" It's pretty quiet, nothing going on. So I'm out the back filling up the truck, mate, and then the, I think an arm hold off and the arm went over and she's gone quick. She's run out. She's jumped in the truck. Mate, I've put the Bowser away. I haven't put the 
The cap on. The cap on. <laughs> so, mate, we're flying at this job. She's gone, fuck, can you smell petrol? I said, yeah, I must have, must have spilled a bit on my shoes or something. And I made my fucking heart sank. Because you knew. Oh, you, you, well, well, you understood. You thought, you yeah, fuck. I've landed the window down off the <laughs> side, mate. Or, no, I've actually looked in the mirror. That's right. Mate, there's petrol pissing out the side of the truck. And, mate, we got back, mate. We, mate, you're near the end of it. <laughs> Never let it down. No, no. Pretty embarrassing too, mate, when you're yeah. on a student place. Yeah. You can't, fill, you can't fill up a fucking truck. Pretty easy those days, though, when you're – your cap isn't connected by a cord. <laughs> now they're all connected by cords these days, you know what I mean? So well, you can't, no, yeah. People well, still no. do it though. Fuck Embarrassing, man. Right. People fill up fucking Teslas with diesel sometimes. Mate, that's been done a few times. <laughs> I've seen people trying to fill their Tesla up. What are you doing? Um, mate, that six weeks at Mailing Cop Station, just just on a, on a side note, did that, do you think that helped you once you got posted to a station? Just understand, a, a little, understand a the cop bit, life? mate. Yep. Sort of understanding... I guess the workings what, of a what station. it was all about, but a, again, at that at that sort of point, um, mate, it, it is it, there is a thrill there, you know, going to these jobs and you're going to urgent jobs, and they could still take students to these sorts of things, mate. But there was no, I think there was a very um, there was a lack of understanding about how much paperwork's involved, mate. You know, because you sort of typewriters back then too, weren't they? Yeah. They, they were just sort of transitioning sort of over the computers, mate, but um, I still had the old message pad and the typewriters and that sort of stuff, mate. But it's it, it sort of, yeah, you didn't really sort of understand how much was involved paperwork-wise. Um, you know, you're thinking it's all about driving around, copying jobs and turning up and locking blokes up. But um, there's that whole other side, you know, and, and again, mate, that was a, uh, for me, starting a very steep learning curve, mate, because it's, you know, and I'm not the most organised bloke in the world and, um, mate, you've got to stay on top of that sort of stuff, which is, yeah, so that that, that was a side, which is very boring, mate, but it's uh, it's Integral part, part it. yeah. It's part of it. But, um, yeah, look, again, mate, uh, wasn't exp- at that point in time, mate, not exposed to a hell of a lot of Maitland. Small area compared to what it is now. Compared to what yeah. it is, mate, they got their rings hanging out. Yeah, now it's full. You know, you talked out. Talk to Fergo. Every mate. night you can yeah. hear the fucking cop car screaming. Yeah, chasing the youth, chasing yeah. the twelve-year-olds yeah. driving the WXs. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, so you get back down to uh, Goulburn, back down to the academy. Got a couple months left to go. How'd you find the rest of it? How'd you find so the, the firearm side of things? Yeah. So that, as you know, mate, that that last. Must have been last sort of dozen weeks or so. That's when you're really sinking your teeth into stuff, mate. So you're doing all your firearm stuff, um, your defensive tactics, um, uh, your powers, all that stuff that you're really you're going to need out on the street. That that's um, that last twelve weeks. It's it's it is. It's more full, uh, but it's great, mate. You know, like I I didn't grow up. Having much exposure to firearms and that sort of thing, and um, look, sort of lucky in a way that I wasn't a shit shot, not a great shot, but you know, uh, managed to get myself over the line. And we got Glocks um, at this stage, this stage too, aren't they? They just come, just in, come mate. in, yeah. So, mate, I remember going uh, when I sort of passed out at Goulburn and 
went up the ride, mate. The bloke still had a lot of, there was a lot of 38 still running around, yeah. mate. Yeah. So they'd only just sort of started doing that sort of um, transition, mate, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it certainly that last 12 weeks it was a lot more full on. Yeah, right. So as I said earlier, you started with 300. Come graduation time, how many, how many are you finishing <sighs> with? Mate, I, I reckon they finished with less than half that. Oh, bullshit. Yeah. That's a big fucking yeah. attrition rate. 100%. And again, mate, it's, you know what it's like, mate. It's very, I think we, we sort of discuss this a little bit off air. Um, where, mate, around, you know, when you get these classes around a sort of state election, they just try and pump the numbers yeah, the up, mate. And, and mate, they, I think, you know, even after hours, they had classes more than 300. And then, um, you know, we talked about, and I'm sure I heard a story earlier this year that they had to cancel a class because they couldn't get enough blokes. Um, Why that is, mate, and and you can see how hard it is for people, mate, especially if they're established, to stop what you're doing um, and go down there and get trained up if you're not getting paid, Mm. you know. Yeah. Now, mate, graduation. At the end of it, graduate. You're a cop. Where do you again? Just back to preferences for posting. Are you just getting stabbed, or you did you put any preferences in? Um, my, basically, we got told um, predominantly most of us we're going to go to Sydney, which I think I think back then, mate, uh, was pretty much the case. But I think, mate, from recollection, right at the last minute, Maitland did come up. I oh, did it. Yeah, and I didn't put in for it. Nah, you um, And I just, I, I just think at the end of the day, mate, going back to your sort of all your mates are there too, hometown. Oh, just let me off, mate. Oh, you know, I won't do it again. Oh, you my mate, mate, remember? <laughs> yeah, no, in the strife, mate. <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, I think, um, mate, I had that opportunity. And I didn't sort of, I didn't do it. I ended up at Ride, mate, which Ride Gladesville, um, which mate, compared to other places, very much a sleepy hollow. Mate. Um, a lot of car accidents, a lot of minor MVAs, um, noise complaints, this sort of stuff. Mate, the older, that, older demographic. <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, I do remember, um, it's funny you mentioned WRXs because it was at that point, mate, the Rexies sort of came onto the scene, remember, and, mate, dudes were doing these cigarette ram raids and they'd knock a Rex off. So what they'd do, they'd knock a Rex off and they'd get in a pursuit with a highway coal, anyone really. Um, and, mate, they knew they could get away. Zip away too fast, all-wheel drive. So that was a diversion. Mm. And then the boys would be knocking over these servos and that, stealing all the sickies. Yeah, right. Massive, mate. It was massive. And then, mate, the typical cops, mate, they finally caught on and started getting a few Rexies of their own. Yeah. Know? But again, mate, like it was, yeah. So again, mate, going to ride, mate, there was a little bit going on. Um, you got those sort of main arterial roads into the city and that sort of stuff. But compared to a lot of places, mate, where dudes went like Fairfield, Lakemba, Mount Druitt, um, you know, very much a, a sleepy hollow, mate. But, and, and very young, Matt, you know, it's, I remember, mate, you know, 
doing shifts there and your supervisor would barely have three years of the job. Yeah, right. At, at, not all the time, mm. but at some points, mate, you, you'd have a three-year constable running the shift. And, and mate, it wasn't, it wasn't uncommon. Um, it wasn't uncommon to have, mate, sometimes two probationary constables on a truck. And that's, 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 that's how it was, mate, you know. Yeah. Very young. I, don't, I can't speak for other stations, particularly those other sort of big, busiest stations in the city, but for a station like that, mate, it was very young. Mm. I think very it was – I think uh, from the other guests I've had on, it's, it was a New South Wales wide thing just because not even that, it was a developing police force as well. You know, yeah. towns are getting bigger, things are getting busier. Mates – one thing I'm just reading on your bio just now, mate, your first deceased is a 15-year-old. Now, this is, uh, you know, we've all got kids and as bad as it sounds, I'd rather see an adult dead over yes, a kid, you know yes. what I mean? And yep. so, mate, run us through this because I'm sure this sticks within your mind. Yeah, and, I th- and mate, you've, you've talked about this. Mm. Um, the first deceased that. Plenty of times, mate. This to, is what you guys are exposed and, to. And, and you're right, mate. I think you don't ever sort of forget that first one. And it was, mate, it was very sad. It was, um, I think, because, mate, in our, I used to call them LACs back then, local area commands. And I think, mate, we had, remember, you know, Joey's, St. Joseph's, um, was in our lack. And, um, mate, we got caught over there. And um, initially, mate, it was so his parents, the school was fairly concerned because he'd left a, He'd left a note um, in his dorm room um, to basically saying he's going to kill himself and saying goodbye to everyone. And so we turned up there initially and um, from recollection, mate, it might have been the last day before school holidays. And, mate, of all things, I think this young bloke had had a bust up with his girlfriend, Mm. of all things. So, um, you know, sort of talking to the parents before that, and trying to get an idea where he may have gone and that sort of stuff. So we're basically um, on the lookout for the next few hours, driving around, just trying to keep an eye out where this this young bloke might have gone. And, mate, it was starting to get dark and so, mate, we sort of – we hadn't come up with much and I don't remember it was just starting to get dark and we drove past just near the school. It was a sort of – it was funny, mate. It was like this sort of vacant reserve that sort of went down a fairly steep gradient. You couldn't see real well um, off the road. And, mate, I remember we drove past it the first time and, mate, I was driving. I thought, oh, should I drive down there and have a look? And I didn't. And then, mate, we sort of must have been maybe an hour later, mate, and we sort of went back over a bit of old ground. I thought, oh, bugger it all. I'll drive down and it was dark at this stage and, mate, we found him sort of hanging by a, there was like a, I guess it was like a, uh, like an old shed and it had like a a big beam coming off this sort of one of the shed doors, mate, and he'd sort of done it that way. And I think for me personally, mate, so that was the first um, real experience that I'd had with, with death. Um, and being a 15-year-old boy um, and having his parents just across the road at oh, school, no. um, it, it was fairly traumatic, mate. Yeah. And um, again, you know, 
thank God I didn't have the job of going over and telling his parents, um, you know, what had happened. Um, but they did leave me with him. And again, mate, you sort of, I think from recollection, mate, it had started getting fairly late in the night. So you, because of the way things had happened, you got to call out an on-call detective. You got to call out crime scene and that sort of thing. So it takes hours, mate. So you're really there with um, preserving that sort of crime scene, I guess, for, for a number of hours, mate. And very, very sad. And I remember, um, uh, mate, those parents actually stayed in contact with me for quite a long time. Oh, did they? After that, oh, yeah, because um, I think because they didn't obviously go down to the scene, I think the fact that I was the one that found him, mate, mm. there was that, I don't know, maybe a, a bit of a connection, yeah. connection there, mate, um, which, you know, and, and seeing seeing the devastation that causes, mate, it's yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It is, mate. Being a child, you know, like far out. And, 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 and <clears throat> yeah, and yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And I think, mate, being when you're young and you don't have kids yourself, you sort of, you sort of bounce through it a bit better. But, you know, once, once you do have kids, and mate, I've, mm. you know, I didn't have kids back then, but I do now. Um, once you do have kids, mate, mm. it does change a whole perspective on life. And, um, I think to the point now, mate, like even on TV, I can't, if anything comes up, if I'm even watching, you know, a movie that's got something to do with, you know, kids getting hurt or trauma, mate, I have to, you know, I have to flick it, mate, you know. Um, and, it, and and I think it's, you know, kids, it, it's, for me, that's that's definitely a trigger, you know. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I think uh, it is for any parent, yeah. really. Like it's just the shit that's happening in Israel and the Gaza Strip, you know, well, it, <sighs> pricks are killing kids, you know, fuck. Exactly, fucking, fucking angers me. And, and mate, angers I think I told, mate, I think I told you when we caught up um, a few weeks ago. We were in Thailand just recently. That's right, you said that, yeah. And um, my missus, God bless her, mate, she kicked into gear. But we've been sort of, sort of we're at a five star resort um, in Phuket, and um, mate, we've been sitting by the pool all morning. I've just been watching a little one. And I remember saying to my missus, I said, "Have a look at." Have a look at all these kids um, who are like my daughter's age unattended. Like the parents were just sticking flatties on them and, you know, pissing off. And, mate, so we'd been sitting in this spot all morning at the pool. And, mate, we got up for five minutes. We had to go back to the room, get a few things, and we we're going to come back. And, mate, in the space of that five minutes, I've walked back with my little one. And, mate, we walked straight back onto a a Japanese guy's holding a dead kid. No no older than the daughter, mate, four years old, maybe five years old, just gone. And, mate, I was in – so my missus, she's just cracked in the gear. She's gone, get you know, get out of here, get my daughter out of here. Um, she doesn't need to see it. And, mate, she just grabbed this kid and started doing CPR. And at that stage, mate, I'd sort of got away from that and then – you can imagine that the mother sort of walked upon the missus doing CPR and the blood curdling, screaming, you know. But mate, they got it going. My, I, my, I, I saw this 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 little girl, mate. And she was gone, and um, mate, thank God there was a guy there from Sweden who was a first aid instructor. Mm. So he started helping the missus do CPR on this little one, and then his wife 
sort of took over from my missus and mate, they got it going. That's wild. But just, <clears throat> yeah, unbelievable. The kids, mate, and, and, and you know, it's, um, Made it shatters you. Mm. you know, it does seeing kids sort of go through that. Yeah. Get, um, That's it, mate. You know. it's, it's fucking wild. As much as I want to strangle my kids sometimes, they <laughs> <laughs> <Me too. laughs> out. Gee, I to a fight last night and like fucking <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> mates. Um, <laughs> mates, yeah. So you're down in. You've dealt with this first disease. Um, it's obviously stuck with you, you know, till now because you've you've written it down. Which again, I've spoken about with other first responders. It's a and yeah, being a fifth. Mm, mm. It's crazy to hear, you know. Back this is early two thousands, and you know, fifteen year old boys are still doing. And I lost one of my mates in actually year two thousand as well. 15, 16. He committed suicide as well again over a girl. So tip yeah. the young players out there. I know I've got a few young listeners. Trust me, if you break up with your girlfriend at 15, there's plenty more down the track. I'm telling you, they're coming. <laughs> I'm telling there's, there's a lot more and they're all the same. <laughs> Just get used to it. Mates, uh, so, yeah, so 2000, you're down at uh, Ride. Obviously, the the Olympics are kicking off. So this is this is ramping up and obviously Sydney went bonkers for it. It did, mate. It, it did. And, mate, it was a situation down there. Um, at that time where, mate, they needed a lot of blokes to go out these sites um, just with a uniform presence, mate, um, particularly because of what was going on. But, mate, they sent me – so they sent a lot of junior staff. They kept – unless you're sort of, you know, trained up in, you know, OSG or any of these sort of other specialised areas, mate, a lot of junior uniform guys got sent down um, to different sites – um, over a period of months. So, mate, from recollection, I went down, they sent me down to Carter Street, which was just next to the stadium there at Lidcombe, mate, where they um, they basically had all the um, television studio set up. So the International, I think they called it the International Broadcast Centre. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so, mate, look, good and bad, I don't know. Like, they sent me down there, but you still, mate, I was still pretty green, so you still... Mate, you're still learning your trade. You're still learning a lot about policing and then you get sent down there for three months sort of doing some, not mundane stuff, mate, but just, you know, a lot of a lot of sort of vehicle search points and um, just standing on static points, mate, and that sort of stuff. But um, it's funny, that was sort of, that was the first time I'd actually got to work with um, the military, mate, because the, mm, the army was right, down, yeah. down there doing, so a lot of the, so a lot of the trucks and stuff that was coming into that site, mate, the army was doing all the search stuff. It wasn't the cops. And, um, mate, mate, from rec- and mate, from recollection, they were, did they, they were using border collies as search dogs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, back, in, found, yeah. back in those days, yeah. Yeah, yeah it would have been. Um, um, yeah, probably, nuts, yeah. yeah. For the yeah, EDD, explosive detection. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, so really, mate, that – I was down there on that site for about three months. Um, like good and bad, mate. So you, you sort of, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with a lot of, you do, you saw a lot of athletes down there, that sort of thing, going in to do interviews and, and this sort of stuff, mate. But, um, yeah, I think that for me, that sort of put a lot of my learning on hold, um, particularly with just learning learning how to work the truck, mate, because you're down there for three months. You're not responding to those 
jobs. But, mate, it was necessary, you know. It was something that was massive for Sydney. Um, and, mate, you know, looking back, good to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. It's fucking history for for Australia and Sydney as well. <clears throat> Great Olympics too, I remember it. Um, 2001, you get a transfer to Aubrey on the border. You know, border Back to the bush, mate. Yeah, border of Mexico. And, mate, how was that? As I said, it's a bit of a culture shock coming from Sydney, you know, pretty much the harbour of Australia, to Aubrey, where it's <laughs> Aubrey. Mate, do you know, <laughs> do you know, mate, honestly, you know, I went down there and I didn't have a clue about, never been, I'd never been there before, mate, but I just, mate, I felt, I don't know, I felt a bit stagnant. I felt a bit, not bored, mate, but just, I think sort of growing up in East Maitland, mate, wanted to sort of get back to a smaller town, but Mate, going down there, I was, believe it or not, mate, I was actually busier going down there than what I was um, at Ride. And, mate, I only really went down there with the intention of doing a sort of tenure down there and ended up staying down there for six and a half odd years. But, mate, going down there was a culture shock because, mate, it was, it was top heavy with just even blacks working the truck, mate. I, I remember going down there and I got put on a team and, Mate, I barely had, you know, a few years in the job. And I think, mate, the next bloke, the next junior bloke had eight or nine. Um, and then it just went up from there, mate. You had, like, 20 senior constables still working the truck down there. Um, and, and that's the way it was because of the bush, mate. People go down there for the lifestyle. And, mate, if they want to stay down there, promotions, you know, not as mm. prevalent as what it is in Sydney. But, um, Bit more hands on, Matt. Yeah, a lot more knockabout blokes down there. Yeah, and yeah, blokes still got a foot up the ass down there. Yeah, you know, I think, and mate, things, uh, and I, was that because it was probably a lot more senior, maybe. Um, but going down there, mate, you sort of, I think, mate, I think it was the first, I mean, the first week or so I was down there, mate, I got. Ended up getting knocked down. Oh, did you? Yeah. We, um, so, mate, I, and, and it's funny, mate, I spent, I remember going down there and, um, mate, not knowing a soul and um, a little bit homesick, but um, mate, all I wanted to do going down there, the first Friday night, was watch a game of rugby league on TV. Mm. Yeah, do you reckon I could get a game of fucking rugby no. league on TV? Game fell down there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that. And mate, because all the all the TV came out of Bendigo. Yeah, Aussie rules. So mate, I remember going down to the the SSNA club just by myself, mate. Have a few beers and um, just watch the Friday night footy. And I said to the bloke, I said, "Oh, can you put the can you put the rugby league on?" And he just laughed. <laughs> he said, "Mate, yeah. you're in the wrong fucking town if you like rugby league." You know, this is an AFL to you. Right, oh, <laughs> but, it, mate, I think in hindsight they ended up putting, mate, they put the, the rugby league, the Friday night game on at like 11.30 at night after yeah, all the after, AFL had yeah. finished. Yeah. You know? I couldn't go. Oh. That's, that's a deal breaker for me. Hard, mate. <laughs> yeah. Hard, especially growing up in a rugby league team. Yeah. You know, and, and that was, so that made me, you know, a little bit more homesick. But, um, 
Look, mate, it was it, it was different. Like going down there, it was it was very much old school, and I think um, a lot more hands on with the crooks. Blokes weren't blokes just they they weren't they weren't scared to get sort of get their hands dirty. And um, mate, I think the first week we there, we I got called down to a job. Um, there was a bloke that had sort of walked out of the mental hospital down there, mate, and. Um, we got into a blue in the middle of sort of a place called Thaguna, mate, and, yeah, mate, got into a bit of a wrestle and he smashed me out of the back of the head with a bit of 4B2, mate, and next thing I know, mate, I'm sort of waking up and he's in the back of a truck. But um, it was it was definitely – it definitely was a culture shock for me going down there, but it was good, mate. I think it was character building. And look, mate, I, I look back um, on my career now and, mate, still got some mates down there. That, of course, yeah. That I'll be mates with for life. Mm. You know? um, still stay in contact with. Um, and look, mate, I, as I said to you, mate, I went down there with the intention of only being down there for three years and it ended up being, ended up being six and a half and um, bought a little house down there and that sort of thing. So, mate, there was, you know, there was definitely a stage there where I intended to stay down there. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Know? Um, and then I think, you know, start, things started to go a bit stale for me. And I think, you know, blokes have talked about this a little bit before. You sort of know, um, that it might be time to move on or try something else when you start losing a little bit of that empathy, particularly with victims of crime, mate, you know, um, when you sort of stop worrying about, you stop giving a fuck a little bit. Yeah. Um, Complacency. Can, yeah, and it can can lead to complacency, mate, for sure, you know. Mate, <clears throat> one of these stories while you're down there, though, the old medical officer. Oh. He rings in sick. This is like, this is, I want to bring up, bring up this story because this is not normal. <laughs> this, this is for a GD. This is, this is, get ready for this one. This is not normal. <laughs> so this is, this is what we talked about, you know, a bit of a culture shock. Um, because mate, I, I, working in Sydney, you had very, well, I had nothing to do with postmortems, mate. Um, generally, like the only time that dudes went to postmortems in Sydney or over to Glebe, like you book bodies in the Glebe, which is where the, stuff, yeah. where the morgue was, but you never, mate, maybe D's might've been present at mm. a, at a postmortem in, in Sydney. I don't know, but mate, going to the bush, um, Mate, they, you'd have to turn up to these. You post, are a medical officer. <laughs> postmortems. Yeah. And, um, mate, junior bloke always got sent over to the morgue to do this stuff, so I had no idea. So they, they sent me over there and um, I was lucky, mate. I think on this particular day I already had a, seen a few sort of, had a few postmortems under my belt. <laughs> have you seen one? Have you seen one? Because, mate, it's it's no, it's surreal, no, mate. What, no. Anyway, so we, I'd love to. We, I've seen a lot of dead people, but yeah, it's not, weird, not mate. that scene. And um, anyway, we go in there, and I remember the the GMO is like by the name of Doctor Oxbrow, and mate, he must have been. I think he was retired. He was a retired doctor, but he still did this, mate. It's takes a special person to do this sort of stuff as a hobby, mate. And he was sort of doing it as a hobby, you know, like on the side. Like he, he'd retired professionally, but he still did this because, mm-hmm. mate, I think he was charging back then. 
Just boo dollars. <laughs> Unbelievable yeah. money. And um, normally what happens is, mate, you go down there and um, you just make sure that, mate, everything's above board. So there's there's the GMO doing the actual post-mortem and the orderly gets in there and he's the dude that does the dirty work. He has to get in there and sort of take the organs out, weigh them, and then, mate, it's bizarre, but um, what they do is they, once they've sort of weighed your organs and everything, they basically sew everything back up in your guts. So your brain and all that sort of stuff goes back in your guts. It's right back in there. So oh, they take the brain in your guts too. Everything. Oh, do they? It's like, it's like a oh, mate, that, that, cooking a pig. Mate, the brain, the brain's wild. the worst. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> the brain, this is wild for a GD, you know. You're just a GD. Not getting too graphic, but, but mate, they yeah. – So I turn up there and, mate, the orderly's called in sick. And the doc's gone, mate, you're going to have to get in and give us a hand. And, mate, back then, again, like the doc, mate, he had all his protective gear on, but there was nothing for me. And, mate, it, it does, mate, doing that sort of stuff, it has a – a real distinct smell about it. Yeah. You know, it gets into your clothes. So you, you can't unsmell it, you know. So I was like, oh, well, I'm going to have to do it. And um, you pump up and do it, mate, and I'm fucking, mate, he's, I won't go through the whole procedure, but, mate, most of the organs have to be taken out. He has to take sand, different sort of bile samples out of the bile duct and then, Mate, he takes the brain out and he weighs the brain and, um, mate, the other organs. And, mate, the dude that had to do that was the oily, but I was doing it. So, mate, and, sco- but there's no protective gear. There was no protective gear. You had gloves on? Gloves, yeah. That's Glo- it, of just course, gloves. gloves. But, mate, I had shit, claret and goop all over me. Just lifting out livers and, and that. Yeah, and weighing it. And then. Um, that's wild. He'd call out the weight and he'd record it. Yeah, just again, mate, massive culture shock. It's not happening these days. <laughs> no, well, mate, I remember. So it wasn't long after that. They used to get the first year nurses from um, La Trobe Uni over there to, to do that. And mate, we were, mate, I think one day there we'll scooping two or three birds up off the off the deck because they fainted. They couldn't handle it. Yeah, but mate, that's. You know, that was what you had to do. <laughs> That's what you had to do. Yeah, um, fucking hell. But, mate, that, and I remember, like, we had our rings hanging out that day. So I went back and, mate, I, mate they put me straight back on the truck. And, mate, I, mate, you can't get that smell out. So I'm working with, I was Claret working with the bird. She's going, oh, you stink. And you can't, you just can't get that smell out. Like, you basically got to trash your gear. <laughs> Different police force, wasn't it? Different police force. Yeah, I don't think that happens now. <laughs> mate, sure. I, I can tell you for a fact that doesn't happen now. But yeah, that's it, mate. And, mate I, and in the end, mate, I think the time in order, mate, I must have gone to at least between 20 and 30 of those. But no not, way. Yeah, but yeah, not, right. you know, the orderly turned up not, most not, of those yeah, not, not, not getting in and um, giving a hand. But it was, again, mate, it was generally the junior bloke that, Got stabbed for it, yeah. Had to go and do it, mate. <laughs> Sword straw. <laughs> <laughs> mate, that's why I've never heard nothing like that before. You know, I've heard of 
obviously a lot of cops back in those days go on to these postmortems, but not yeah. fucking getting the gloves on and scooping. Getting into it, mate. Getting, getting into it. It's like that operation, yeah. uh, what's that old old puzzle game? You get operation, the, yeah. Operation, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was that's, that was, that's, what I, that's what the game was prepping you for. <laughs> just, just didn't get the electric shocks, mate. <laughs> Far out, poor bastard. Poor bastard, you were scooping. Now, mate, during this time down in uh, Albury, you attend the SPSU uh, Tactical Operas- Operators Course, 2003. Yeah, so again, going down there, mate. So I, I'd never, uh, again, mate, I'd, I'd never had much exposures to sort of um, that side of policing. And, and mate, being, being pretty junior too, you still sort of um, – working things out a bit, you know, because at, at that stage your whole world is that truck, you know, and then um, I guess, mate, you get to know a lot of the boys down there and that sort of stuff. And and back then, mate, so basically at SPSU, they, they're a support unit for the tactical operations unit in Sydney. So they're your regional response for high-risk um, jobs. Um, and I guess uh, at the end of the day, mate, being – so far away in Albury, unless it was a massive pre-planned job or, um, you know, something like um, Brett Pennell was involved in the tumor. Um It was often the TAU just didn't get an opportunity to send blokes down there because it was it was so far away, you know. So that was that was that that's the sort of capability um, for regional areas, mate. And I remember um, I remember the dude who ran it down there and. And again, mate, back then it wasn't it wasn't the sort of thing that you applied for. Like you had to get invited. So I actually got invited to um, start turning up to a few training camps and just seeing what was sort of involved and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, sort of started going down that path, mate, and um, sort of liked what I saw. It was a very different side of policing and a very uh, very tight unit. Mate, you know, and, and that's what I liked. You know, it was sort of um, the click within the click, mate, you know, um, down there. And, um, mate, very, very humbled to sort of get invited to go along to that. And basically what happened was, mate, you started, you'd start turning up the camps and then um, you'd be made a trainee. And, mate, it's just how it was. You, you were expected to learn things prior to going on a course so you're expected to learn basically um, a lot of your stuff before you went on your course and your course was more of an assessment course. Um, so very lucky to sort of get invited on that and then, mate, you know, um, sort of ramped up a little bit um, with my training until I got on the course. But, um, mate, I sort of look back on that and that I think sort of doing that and, and joining that sort of unit down there, mate, was really held me in good stead for the rest of my policing career, mate. It teaches and, and mate, it stems down from it's very sort of, mate, it's very a mili- military sort of uh, mindset with that side of policing, as you know. Um, and it really does, I think it really instills that discipline um, in you and it, and it holds you in good stead for the rest of your career, mate. Mm. And, and, and for me, it did. Um so, yeah, mate, I was a trainee down there for um, maybe 12 months or so, mate. Oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, 12, 18 months before, yeah. they, before I got on a course. Yep, yep. Yeah. And again, mate, it's the, the structure of that 
um, has changed a lot over years. I think the course now with the with and I think it's called Tours now. It's not SPSU, but mm. um, it's very much a training course now. So the course is very much it's it's a lot longer, um, and you're not expected to know as much with your different weapon systems, your CQT and that sort of stuff prior to going on the course. But um, again, mate, you go on that. I remember going on that course and um, for me personally, mate, I, I look back on my career and it was probably the hardest thing I've, I've done, you know, and very rewarding. And, um, you know, you've, you've had blokes on here and, and I remember, mate, I think the second week on the course down there, um, Brett Pennell was one of my CQT instructors. Mm. And, I, mate, I think we just sort of discussed this off air and, mate, the boys are there and they go, oh, that's the... That's, that's the guy. That's the dude that kept the yeah the crooked chairman. I mean, I'm thinking, oh, he'd be a bit taller than that. <laughs> <laughs> but mate, lovely bloke. Yeah, and yeah. Um, mate, having you know those sorts of blokes have the opportunity to instill mm. knowledge on you, mate. You hinge off their every word. Knowledge um, and drive. That's what yes. they they give you that drive. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. Um, and it's, you know, so very much doing that, mate, it, it was good, mate. And, I, and, and again, it, look back, being a part of that unit, it, it's it's definitely a highlight. Um, it's a highlight in my career, just being part of that of that bunch of blokes, mate. You know, they're very, very close. Um, you do a lot of training together, mate. You have a beer together um, and you go to, you know, some some different jobs together, you know. But um, yeah, mate, I, I did that. So I did that course, and mate, I ended up in ended up in intensive care. Oh, did you? After yeah, that right. course, yeah. So again, mate, it was uh, they very much sort of beat you up. But I remember um, the last week of our course um, was it's bushcraft, and um, Few of the boys from the TAU took us down to Bungania Gorge at like five o'clock in the morning. Um, and I don't know if have you been out have you been down outside of Goulburn there? No. So it's mate, I'm not I'm not a huge hiker, but I think in hiking terms they call it a grade five or some shit. It's like the gradient's pretty steep and um mate, it was barely light. And um mate, you know getting us to take, you know, the tyres and logs down this thing. And, mate, the thing's just full of these massive rocks and boulders. And, mate, you look at it and you think, how the fuck are we going to get this stuff down there? And, um, mate, the sun was just coming up. So, mate, I think they said get the stuff down there as quick as you can, but don't, it's, you know, it's got to be controlled. You can't just throw this shit down there. So, mate, you, you know, it's that team sort of teamwork stuff where you're swapping between logs and tyres and that sort of stuff. And, um, mate, we got to the bottom of it. I thought, fuck, I'm not, I can't get back up this. I thought, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. Like I was, mate, I was gassed. And I'm looking at the other boys and going, how the fuck are we going to get this shit back up? And um, so fatigue's really setting in. So we're going back up and, um, sort of on the end of one of the logs and, mate, one of the boys has sort of lost his footing on these rocks and he's just let the fucking thing go. 
straight into my guts and it had a bit of a wind up on it. So it's fucking, it's hit me. <laughs> it's just knocked the wind out of me, mate. And, um, Blunt force. Yeah, they've gone, Dawsey, you, <laughs> you're all right. Remember that? that oh, mate, I sounded like, remember Rick Disney? Yeah. Mate, I sounded like Rick Disney. <laughs> go, yeah, I'm all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I've copped it and, um, mate, you just keep, you keep going. Oh, I thought, fuck, that's hurt me. And it was right at the end of the course, mate. And then I think on the – so that was the Thursday. The Friday we finished up, mate, and I I was um, – I was seeing a bird in Wollongong. So I went back to Wollongong for the weekend um, before I had to start back at Albury on the Monday. And, mate, I've, I've got up on Saturday morning and I've gone to take a piss. Piss and blood. She's coming out like, just coming out like Sherry, mate. You know, like it was dark and I thought, oh, this is no good. So Bird at the time, she's run me up to uh, Wollongong Hospital. Mate, A&E on a Saturday morning, it's packed. Of course. It's people everywhere. Oh, fuck. And um, I remember a nurse coming out and he's gone um, – What's wrong with you? And I said, mate, I'm pissing blood. He's gone, can you give me a specimen cup? He's gone, go and get me a sample. And I've come back with this. This red cup? This thing that looks like grandfather's Penfold port. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gone here and, mate, they've rushed me straight in. And um, so they've, mate, they've, they've got me up. They've gone, Fuck. So I think they initially did an ultrasound mm. on my bladder, and um, doctors the doctors gone, mate. You've got got a liter and a half of blood in your guts. Can you? We need to see if you can get rid of it. And um, mate, I've gone to the toilet. And I couldn't piss. I, a few drops of blood came out. And I've, I've come back. And I said I can't get rid of that. And. Um, He's going, fuck, well, we don't know what's going on here. So they said, we've got to get, we've got to release this blood from your, from your bladder. It's, it's no good. It'll get, it'll become toxic. Mm. So, mate, they, they end up putting the, mate, they had to put the biggest catheter. Oh, fuck, I'm fucking. The, the thickest, <laughs> mate. <laughs> it was <laughs> the hottest nurse in Wollongong's oh, come out to put it in, mate. And it's shriveled up. <laughs> and, it, mate, it was like that. <laughs> Lucky, lucky this is radio, not TV. It's like that. <laughs> it's on, it's on, mate. It's going straight on YouTube. Mate, I, so they've, they've jammed this thing in, mate, and then they blow it up inside your bladder to open up the, to get the shit flowing. And, um. Are they giving you any, any anesthetic or anything? No. Oh, uh, no. So this is- I'm there, mate, watching them shove this massive tube straight in and up. Right up the jab and, side. And, mate, every time you move, it pinches. Every slight, slightest little movement, it's pinching. <laughs> and, mate, I was worried because they're going, mate, they didn't know what was wrong and they they sent me for a CT scan. We don't, they're going, oh, we don't know what the fuck's wrong. Where the blood's come from, yeah. And they, and I, and, um, they said, oh, it could be, mate, at one stage they said, oh, it could be a tumour or something on your kidney. I'm thinking, oh, fuck, this is it. And, um. Mate, because there was so much blood and, mate, they just 
Um, didn't know where it was coming from and they had to pump me. Like they were pumping, in the end, pumping me full of antibiotics. They just stick me straight on a drip. So I spent the first night, they kept an eye on me in intensive care. And then mate, the urologist came and saw me the next day and um, he said, mate, I, I haven't seen any, I haven't seen this amount of blood like in someone's bladder before. Like he said, have you received any sort of blunt force trauma? I said, well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> he's gone, well, that's probably fucking it. Um, so for the next, I think, mate, next five days, I had that thing stuck. Right up the jab's eye. Right up the jab's eye. And, mate, I was looking at the bag and it was just full of blood. Was it? It was just full of blood. And the urologist kept turning up each morning. He said, mate, until we get this clear, clear yep. I can't let you go. Um, cause it's, we, we need to know what's going on. So there's jamming full of antibiotics to stop any sort of infection. And, um, mate, after about the fifth day of having this <laughs> jammed in me, <laughs> it started clearing up. <laughs> Thank fuck for that. Thank fuck. And so, mate, they've, coming out's just as bad as going in. <laughs> and they go, just take a deep breath and just let go. <laughs> and then they just, they just whip it out. And, um. They said, look, drink some water. Um, try and drink as much water as you, as you can. And um, we need you to try and go to the toilet by yourself. If you can't, we're sticking it back in. Oh, so fuck. Just a little oh, with me. Oh, fuck, mate. So by that time, they'd moved me to a ward, mate. So I was sharing like a room with two or three other people. And mate, I've got up, wheeled all my, my bag and I can bag antibiotics and drip and everything into the into the shitters. And um, mate, I could feel that I needed to go to the toilet, so I've, I've stood there for a second. Mate, a few little drops came out, nothing. I'm thinking, fuck, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> so mate, I've just gone. Mate, and blown this fucking 50 cent fucking sized piece of fucking blood out of like dried up, oh, clotted it? up blood um, out of the end of my old fella. Mate, and started pissing clear and just, mate, it was high fives all around. But the whole so ward, like, mate. Everyone the, was celebrating. The whole ward was celebrating, <laughs> But, yeah, so... Mate, to, to, to cut a long story short, I um, again, they didn't know what it was. And mate, I had to go back, um, I think it was about four weeks later, where this time they put you under anaesthetic and, and they go up with a camera. Oh, do they? And have a look around, have a good look around. So, Got the video? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, mate, I, and that um, – Mate, the end result was that, um, yeah, basically that blunt force trauma has, um, it's it's basically ripped. Ruptured, yeah. Um, ripped my bladder. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it's um, an infection sort of got into it and it's just bled and bled and bled. Um, so, yeah, mate, it's, <laughs> oh, it's fucking, yeah. wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy, mate. <laughs> That's wild. But yeah, so that mate, very, very, um, very happy to, to to 
get that course on my belt, but it came mm. with some. Come with a cost. <laughs> come with a cost, mate. I'll never forget. <laughs> um, you've been compromised, mate. You've been compromised. Now, mate, it's uh, 2004. You've you done yourself a mischief again. End of 2004. Yeah. Yeah, mate. No very, more. No more catheters, very, though. Very injury prone. So, mate, I sort of got over all that. Um, and then back on the truck, mate. Back on the truck and... Um, Mate, just driving, I think, driving down a suburb in Albury called um, Springdale Heights and, mate, we just sort of um, drove past. Remember the old phone booths? Mm. I don't know if there's many around. Yeah, there's, there's, there's still a few around. They're free yeah. now too, yeah. Are they? Yeah. You don't have to use the old, that yeah, right. card. Remember the card you had to yeah. put in? I used to collect those. I'm sure we all did. What? Those cards. Remember those telephone the phone cards? cards? You collected yeah. them, did you? used to back when I was a kid, yeah. 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 Especially the Olympic ones. I'd have them all at home somewhere, yeah. Mum would have them. Mm. Anyway, side story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, mate, we drove past one of those phone booths and there was- um, Telecom too, sorry. Yeah, telecom. Mm. It was telecom. It's going back. It's going back. Um, Mate, just driving past um, and there's a dude, mate, we just come across it, absolutely punching snot out of his missus, like in this phone booth, like hammer and tong. Oh, fucking hell, so- Mate, we pulled up straight away and he's done the bolt. And, um, mate, we had some, there were some pretty rough units right near there, near there. And, um, look, for one reason or another, mate, I was sort of left by myself. And, um, mate, I had to chase this dude into this sort of unit block and, um, mate, managed to sort of drag him out of there. And then we, mate, ended up getting into a wrestle sort of, just out the front of this joint, we're all sort of on, I guess, muddy ground, muddy, wet um, grass, and just tried to, it was just innocuous, just tried to spin this bloke off his feet to get him on the ground, you know, and mate, felt, felt the ACL go. Mm. And then, um, very, very lucky at that point, mate, because he was a bit of a loose cannon, this bloke, because I was on the ground, mate, I couldn't get up, um, that we had another car turn up just in time to sort of give us a hand. But, um, yeah, mate, tore my ACL. Um, and, again, mate, hard to deal with when it's just at a point in your career where you're starting to get some – things are starting to get a bit of momentum, you know. Just not long had done my, um, my basic operator's course and um, looking at a few different things, mate, and, and that happens. It's and, a big one too, ACL. And it, yeah, and it puts you a lot, you know, mm. it, especially with operational policing, mate, or anything. Um, it puts your life on hold for 12 months. So, mate, I, I, um, I remember taking, I remember sort of getting carted up in the ambulance and then um, at that stage, at that stage, mate, they said, oh, there's not much we can sort of do. We'll, we'll sort of let you go. And I actually went back to work thinking I'd be okay. And then, um, as you know, mate, walking in a straight line, mm. no dramas, but as soon as you pivot mm. on that, your knee, you're basically your leg sort of gives way. And um, I went ass up sort of coming down a set of stairs at work. thought, yeah, it's no good. And, um, mate, ended up, I think it took another – six weeks to get in for the operation and then um, and it's that recovery, mate. So at that stage, mate, anyone restricted, 
um, at Albury, you'd get put on station duties. Now, that's my continuous station duties. That's enough to send anyone to the nut house. How long was that for? At that stage, mate, I, um, it was funny. Um, it was only for a few months. And um, believe it or not, mate, in that few months, and um, I wasn't working on this particular night. So there was a lot of dudes sort of off restricted and they were working the, the front counter, you know. So some night shifts you'd have two guys in there, mate. And again, restricted, mate, you can't wear a firearm. So I think, mate, it was not long after I started doing that, a dude came in with a Molotov cocktail in Aubrey and fucking blew the station area up, mate. No way. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. So he's thrown it. He's walked in. So if you if you see a lot of police stations now, you walk into the front county, you can't, they've basically yeah. got that. Perspex up there. Perspex yep. and then it's it's pretty well concealed. Well, back it was just in open. the day with the yeah. oil, it was just open, mate. You could yeah. see everything that was going on inside the station, uh, more or less. And um, sure enough, mate, that particular night shift, it was two dudes who were restricted, no firearms. Because uh, guaranteed, mate, if had it been a couple of guys with guns, he would have got shot this bloke. Um they threw it, hit the back of the wall at the station and, mate, the station was on fire for a while. <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. And then things changed. Yeah, yeah, Typical definitely. cops, mate, things changed and they when got something this happens. Yeah. whole security thing. And then from from that point forward, um, no more restricted guys on the front counter. So not a bad thing for me, mate, because um, it sort of speared me in a few different sort of directions being restricted. So I might have went up and did a little time up in the D's, D's office just doing their shit kicker work, which was just statement taken, Maddie and uploading stuff onto their um, eagle eye system, which is pretty boring, mundane stuff, mate. They put me on a few LDs that were going on, say so night shift, mate, you're just listening to crooks. On an LD, which is again, mate, enough to sort of drive you crazy. You do enough of those. So well, I got to a point, mate, where I just wanted to get operational again. So the doctor who did the operation, mate, he wasn't going to clear me for 12 months. And um, I thought, I can't do that. I'm going insane. So, um, mate, I went and got a second opinion. And, um, mate, when it's the insurance company's doctor. <laughs> I'll get you back out there, mate. Yeah, to save, yeah exactly. To save exactly the yeah. You know. So, mate, I think in the end, um, mate, I think I was off for about six odd months. Mm. Um, when in reality, I should have been off for that twelve day letter. Oh, easily, ACL, mate. Yeah. Um, but mate, it was it was driving me around the twist. So I got back out there. Yeah, of course. You know. Now, during this time, this is where you identify the the CPP world. Yeah, because I, I, I knew nothing about it, mate, and um, you sort of, mate, when you when I was restricted, you got a little bit of time to reflect on things, you know, and you sort of think about what you want to do in the cops. And I think at that point in time, mate, I was going a little bit stale that sort of, I progressed into a few little other little things um, at Aubrey and um, but I think I wanted to sort of try something different, mate, and... Unfortunately, mate, being in the bush, your opportunities are very limited um, as to where you want to, if you want to specialise in something. And I remember um, 
I remember talking to one of the sergeants down there one day and I said, oh, who's, do you know who the dudes are that, you know, look after the Prime Minister and the Premier and that sort of stuff? And he's gone, it's, there's a unit within the cops that do it. I said, oh, bullshit. So I, I didn't know that they the cops did sort of or New South Wales cops. I always just knew the feds. feds. Yeah. Everyone always knows it's the feds that that do it. And I said, oh, I didn't know that New South Wales had a had a protection unit. So that sort of piqued my interest a little bit. And I remember to up until that point, mate, I'd never seen even a course advertised. And um, mate, it wasn't long after that they they advertised the course. And, mate, again, you sort of look at how things fall your way in your career. We had a relieving boss at the time because, mate, if we had had our normal boss um, down there at the time, there's no way he would have approved for me to go up to Sydney to do this course because there's no need, mate, there's no need for a protection-trained guy down in Aubrey. Aubrey, you know. So, um, mate, we had a relieving boss and he – he gave it sort of the tick of approval and he said, are you going to, if you get a job up there, are you going to go? And I said, fuck yeah. You know, it sort of, and again, mate, I still had very little knowledge about what went on. Um, so I went up there, mate, and um, you sort of go through a little bit of a selection process and an interview and that sort of stuff. And um, again, mate, I, it wasn't in my favour coming from the bush because they tend to, they like to sort of take um, blokes from the city first and foremost uh, for full-time jobs mm. in the unit. So, um, mate put in, got on the course, uh, made some really good mates from it and contacts. Um, this is in 2004 you get on the course? Yes. Yep. So you yep. had to? Uh, 2005, I think. So, mate, yep. again, I had to bust my ass to get fit because I'd only just come back with that knee. Um, so that sort of in the back of my mind as well, how the, how's the knee going to hold up? Um, and at that stage, mate, they'll run the courses out at, um, they'll run the courses out of Holesworthy. Um, so went up there, mate, and, and uh, mate, the, the knee held up all right. But again, mate, I think out of the, I think out of the 20-odd that were on that course, mate, they offered maybe one or two jobs at that stage, um, so I went back to Aubrey, mate, had that under my belt, but still had the weight, um, uh, for an opportunity to sort of come my way, um, with the unit. And, and again, mate, the unit was that small. I think even back then, mate, the, the unit was, it was lucky to be 18 odd blokes, you know, so very hard to sort of harden up to sort of crack to get into, you know, just because it was so small, mate, you know, and, and generally, you know, how it works, mate, you sort of. Um, some blokes are earmarked the jobs, mate, before they even do the course. Mm, mm. You know, that's just how it works. Yeah, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Now, mate, as you said, you do the course up at Holsworthy. Is that with uh, the MPs, military police? Yeah, so they had, I think they had from <sighs> recollection, we, we had a little bit of involvement with the MPs, but a very, um, again, mate, even well before my time getting there, to that unit, they had a very good um, working relationship. Well, very good relationship with the army, mate, um, with running their courses up there and that sort of thing. And then down the track, um, doing a lot of training out at um, SFTF, using their facility out there, which um, it was unreal. 
fantastic. So, mate, there was – we had a very good – or the unit had a very good sort of rapport with uh, with the army, mate, even back then. Uh, so did that, yeah, did that at Holsworthy, mate, got back um, and then – Sort of started working a little bit on the proactive team down there, but um, that that work sort of entailed weekend work back in uniform because it, there was an old thing called um, Operation Vikings, which was just um, mm. mate, it was a uh, it was a slush fund for different things, but mate, Aubrey used it for dealing with. Um, anti-social, alcohol-related violence on a Friday and Saturday night. So, mate, the team I went into, yeah, happy days. You're doing some plain clothes work through the week. Weekends, chuck the uniform back on, deal with drunks. Like a street bouncer. More or less, mate, with yeah. beats. Yeah. Beats. And, and, mate, you know what it's like. You, you, so every weekend you're, the scrap. you're just getting in blues with drunks, mate. And that was my life. That that that, and I, you know, and um, in the end, it that's it, it, it really wore me down. So going back, so doing that course, yep, highlight going back. Um, and I loved the sort of plain clothes side of that unit, but dealing with drunks on the weekend, mate, it sort of, mm. um, you know, slowly, slowly starts to wear you down. You know, because you can't reason with a drunk man. Just quickly on that course, obviously you complete the course, <clears throat> you don't get a posting. Are you just waiting for a position to open? Is it is that how it works? Yeah, sort of. I guess so. At that point in time, so a lot of guys, um, I think, mate, I think from recollection on that course, I was the only guy. I was the only guy from the bush, and the rest of the dudes were from um, were from Sydney. So what they do is, mate. Generally, they get you to do the course and then um, to see if you fit into the office, they'll get you to do a few little stints um, to see what the work's like because it's very different work, um, to see what the work's like, to see if you're going to fit into such a small unit. And then generally, mate, if you showed a little bit of initiative and that sort of thing, you get offered a job. Um, so again, mate, I sort of just bided my time a little bit and a few mates that I did have on that course ended up getting full-time positions in that unit um, and I stayed in contact with them. And I remember one good mate that I was roommates with on the CPP course, he sort of um, he let me know that there was a few positions available um, and to put in and come up um, and try and try and get a spot up there. So, again, mate, it was, it was an uphill battle trying to get that through a boss particularly being down in Orby because there's no guarantee that you're going to get the job. You know, so again, very lucky, mate, to get, um, to put in, mm. went up there for a little secondment um, just to get a taste of the work and that sort of stuff. Um, went up there and, mate, got offered a job. So very lucky, very lucky. Yeah, mate, quickly, 2006, you get a secondment to TOU. For APEC. Yeah, so that was, mate, that was a highlight um, because, again, I think, mate, doing your, your SPSU stuff, you always hold uh, the guys at the TAU on a pretty high pedestal because they're the guys doing it full time, you know, and um, at the end of the day, they're the guys, you know, that you, um, that's where it all comes from, mate. So at that stage, um, APEC Leaders Week, mate, you had a lot of, so you had the US, you had Bush coming in. 
Um, I think Fergo mentioned it on his, mate. He was on Putin. So you've got a lot of heavy hitters coming into Sydney over that period. And for that reason, mate, a lot of the full-time guys from the TAU got tied up with cat duties and they needed to plug gaps domestically um, for whatever high-risk stuff came in um, because they were tied up with that stuff. So, mate, very privileged, very lucky that um, I got asked to do that. Mate, there was only, I think there was only two dudes from our unit. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. Um, that went up and, um, yeah, just very, very good just to see how their office operates, mate. Um, get a little bit of a taste of it. Mm. I remember, mate, so <laughs> it wasn't even, I don't think we even got a chance to get on the cans, mate, because they, they stick the, stuck all the SPSU boys on call for the <laughs> duration of it. Um, and I think, mate, out of the whole time, I think the time I was there, I got one fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to go up there and, and um, you know, get into it, get my mm. teeth into a few jobs, mate, one fucking job. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, it was just, mate, it was a high-risk warrant and turned out to be fucking nothing. It made nothing anyway, you know. But, again, mate, good to sort of go up there and see um, how their office operates. Because, um, again, mate, sort of coming from that SPSU background there, then, you know, they're, they're the tier one guys, mate. They're the blokes you put up on that pedestal and you want to see how they they operate, mate. So it was, you know, it was a highlight for me yeah. um, doing that. And, um, yeah, mate, so I did that and then um, – You get your posting, 2008. Yeah. Sid- yeah. Back, so this is the Sydney? Back to Sydney. Whereabouts um, in Sydney? Is it like a central station or – So they got a – they had a covert office um, on the north side of the bridge. Yep. Um, and, mate, the reason for that was because it was so close to Kirribilli House. So of one of their core responsibilities was that um, looking after the PM, PM when he's in New South Wales. And um, it was good, mate, because, um, you know, a lot of unscheduled sort of visits and that sort of thing, you're close to where you need to be, you know. And this but, is Kevin 07? Yeah, so I got, I got it, I got to the unit, mate, um, Right when, yeah, right when Howard had sort of just been knocked mm. off by Kevin 07. <laughs> so, mate, I, believe it or not, mate, I started I started my work on Howard. Oh, did because you? Because yeah, what right. they did, mate, because he'd been in for so long and um, there was a, still a threat level there. Of course, you're still going to maintain. Um, they had a team, mate, I'm pretty sure, mate, oh, I'm pretty sure they had a team on Howard for nearly the best part of 12 months. Yeah. After he, after he got knocked off by um, Rudd, mate. So I love, mate, I, and, and it was good for me, mate. I loved working on Howard. He was, um, mate, very straight at the point, like he, but very, um, mate, he, he, could, he could work his program off, mate, off the second. Now, he was always on time, mate. He knew he was never going to be early. He was never going to be late. He was always on time. And, mate, just... It was good to work on, mate, because I—he's a bit of a bit of a cricket tragic, mm. old Johnny, and loves um, his union as well. Yeah, loves his sport, mate. And um, mate, I love cricket. Like I grew up, grew up with it, mate. And um, I remember, mate, you'd go, you'd go and uh, watch a test match with him. Oh mate. no way! And mate, he'd be so you'd be on him, mate, and and. Um, Mate, he'd watch a test match for five days if it went for that long. And, mate, he actually watched the cricket. 
he didn't fucking swan around like half of them do now and, you know, just want to be saying that he, mate, he loved cricket, this bloke. So, if, mate, if you got put on him, you know, over the Sydney Test match, you were guaranteed to get four or five days cricket in. Cricket, yeah. and, that, and, I, and I think, mate, going to that office and transitioning into that side of things, it's weird, mate. It was a different side. I, I don't even know. It's, sometimes you think, am I really policing you? Is this part of the cops? Because you're not, and you, you sometimes you do feel a bit guilty, mate. Because you're not going to domestics, you're not going to fatal motor vehicle accidents. You're not, you know, you're not locking crooks up. Um, you're just following this this bloke around. And mate, some days, mate, he wouldn't move. You know, he'd be in the in the trust box there at the SCG, mate, and he'd just be glued to the cricket. You know, and and, it, and it's it was such a, a it's such a bizarre thing to go from being an operational cop on the street into this sort of work, you know. And I think um, even looking back, mate, you know, doing the course and that sort of thing and going into that work, um, you, you you go into a sort of an area where you, you, you cease to engage a threat, but you're doing the opposite. So you're trying to keep someone out of harm's way and, and all your training revolves and are basically running away. Now, which is coming from a little bit of a tactical background, that sort of thing, where you basically you are trying to go towards a threat, going into this sort of line of work, it's the opposite. Mm. You know, so it, it and it, it's funny, like we sort of, after a few years sort of doing that sort of work, I ended up um, developing like a national skills enhancement course for all the states and territories. Um they run that sort of once a year, and I think the inaugural ones um, they held at Holsworthy out at SFTF, um, which I was involved in just as a sort of um, assisting the sort of um, weapon side of things. But it's funny, mate. You can doing that. You get these guys on these sort of skills enhancement courses with protection, and you can tell that you can tell the ex tactical blokes or military blokes straight away. Because, mate, as soon as that threat pops out with these yeah. scenarios, they just want to go in and hunt yeah. Yeah. <laughs> instead of doing the doing opposite. Doing the opposite, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and and even for me, mate, it's sort of that that was sort of getting your head around that sort of stuff. Um, it's different. Yeah, exactly. Mate, so I just want to break it down a little bit. Now, obviously, you get to the unit. Let's just say, you, you, obviously, you're working on uh, Johnny. What is it? Are we talking, is this like a one-up thing or you got a driver? You know, and what what are you getting? Are you getting like a threat profile on what's currently happening in the world? Obviously, he's just finished prime ministership here in Australia. I'm sure there's still a there's still a terrorism threat. Nine eleven's already happened, so the terrorism threats out there. You're getting threat profiles, and has he got any stalkers? Not that he'd want to stalk Johnny Howard. Yeah, so you you, you sort of and are you working on that yourself? Like, are you part no, of this? So there's something. So uh, our unit had its own intel section. Obviously, without Protection. giving away TTPs and no, no, no. breach and OPSEC. Um, so our unit's got its own protection intelligence unit and they work very closely with the Fed's um, protection intel. Um, and again, um, mate, I think the Fed's got pretty tight contact with ASIO. So it's, it's mate, everyone's in theory should be kept in the loop. Um, and how it works, mate, generally – um, when the PM comes into New South Wales, 
um, that protection team um, is a joint capability. So it's made up of New South Wales and AFP. Um, back then, and I can't speak for how things are going now, but back then, mate, um, generally you'd have the principal's car, which is C1, and believe it or not, um, mate, there was a period there now they had just com car drivers driving the PM around. Now that's changed. Um, that changed a few years back, but the, you've got an AFP driver driving him around. And you've got your PPO, um, your personal protection officer in the front seat, which is generally one of his AFP guys. And then you've got your security car, um, which is made up of a combination of AFP New South Wales, your advanced teams, um, and, mate, depending on the job, you name it, what assets. So generally all the assets come from us, um, dog searches, um, technical stuff if it's, you know, you need steer or someone like that. It's all New South Wales assets. But that primarily, mate, that protection, that CPP team is made up of a combination of, of New South Wales and AFK, AFP guys. Um, so... You learn pretty quickly, mate. You've got to, you, you have to develop a strong working relationship with the AFP um, because, mate, your goals are the same. Yeah. Now, <laughs> you, you, you talk about this, but I'm sure it's just like any other workplace. There's that rivalry who's, you know, nowhere there better. Is, mate, nowhere uh, better. Nowhere better. Of course there yeah. is. Of course. It's a, and, and, mate, yeah, it's the nature of the beast. And, and um, mate, that, look, over the years, there's been personality clashes and um, healthy debates mm. over what <laughs> course of action should be done. And, um, you know, information is king, mate, you know, with that sort of stuff. And and you have to work in with these guys because generally the AFP have the program, mate, and you need to, you need to know what's going on because – as far as protection goes, mate, it's not just a couple of blokes following a body around. If you've got, if you can, um, if you've got an established program, mate, there's certain things you need to get in place other than that, just that protection team. Um, and I sort of mentioned a few of those, mate, and um, you really learn that um, doing that work, mate, sometimes depending on um, what role you're doing, whether it's an advanced role or a site role or whatever, that, mate, your best friend can be the dude who's the concierge at the bloody hotel you're yeah, working at. Yeah. So it's you've got to be – you can't just go into these places throwing your weight around. Mm. You've really got to try and build up relationships during, during this sort doing this sort of work, mate, because you need those guys. You know, even, even down to those bigger jobs um, where it's so important to have that uniform, that outer perimeter, your uniform presence and – um, you know, to the guy who's, you know, the whether it be the the port authority or wherever you're going to, you need to build these relationships up, mate, because you need them. Um, particularly if something goes down, you know. So again, mate, it's 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 just not following a body around. There's a lot more. Uh, oh yeah, which, exactly. which you know, which I learned pretty quickly. But um, it, it's bizarre, mate. It, it's it is. It, it was just. It's just a. It's a bizarre world to go into coming from street policing straight into that because I, don't remember, I remember being down at Albury 
And my dad said, you're scratching around to get a, a new biro. Like that, that's how bad the budget was. And then you come up to this unit, mate. In five-star hotels. Five-star. Dorsey, here's a, here's a key to one of the Bellinas. Or Dorsey, here's a key to take it home. You're on call. And they said, what? I've got my own car. So it's just, it's different, mate. And, and you know, you're not, it's, you're not responding. As I said, mate, you're not responding to that radio all the time. It's just sort of, you've got that one, one thing that you have to worry about and that's protection of that principle. Um, and then, yeah, you're right, mate. You've got to, there is that, there was that healthy rivalry with the feds, mate. And, um, well, credit where credit's due, mate. The AFP, as far as an organisation, mate, now do it very well. Um, I think we talked about this off air, mate. They're very good. AFP are very good at identifying assets that they need and then basically waving a checkbook and saying, how about you come over and join yeah. us? Yeah. And um, again, mate, with protection, it's no different. It's it's an open checkbook, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so they look, they had all the Gucci gear, mate, all the poor cousins. Yeah. So there's a bit of jealousy. Yeah, of course. Sometimes with that sort of stuff. Um, and, mate, they get, they get because of um, what they do, mate, we're basically bound to New South Wales. I've done a lot of interstate work. But, um, mate, these dudes are getting a lot of overseas travel as well, depending on. Um, who they're working on. And I think, mate, I talked to one of my mates who just, um, he's just transitioned um, from protection in the New South Wales cops over to the feds. And, um, mate, they're already flying him overseas next month. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, and, and and again, mate, like it's, I think, without going too much into um, into what they're doing over there, mate, there's, there's, They've got a, they've got protection on a lot of people. Um, of course, yeah. Government now, mate. Compared people to what everywhere. It, compared to what it was, mm. mate, and and I think that's that's just a sign of the times. Um, and I definitely reckon you'd see, mate. Even like you know, teams like the Israeli ambassador now would be ramped right oh, up. It'd be wild right now, yeah. You know. Um. So yeah, mate. It, it's yeah. So sort of going back to my point, mate. Yeah, getting up there. It's when I got up there, it was. Um, 2008, so that was the year the Pope came out. Yeah. And so that in itself was a massive job for the unit, mate, massive. Um, and I think, you know, you had – so the boys had APEC in 2006 and then to have that in 2008, and nothing, another big job because it wasn't just the Pope, mate. There was a lot of other dignitaries that came out that needed protection from overseas. And, mate, I was pretty fresh um, – and generally, mate, when we get overseas visitors that need a package, um, it's the more sort of senior operators in the unit that sort of coordinate jobs. Um, and, 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 and that's just an experiencing, mate, you know. Um, generally, when you're sort of new, you'll get chucked on a night shift security room or um, you might help out with a site or the static stuff. Media liaison yeah. or something, static stuff. And, and, mate, don't get me wrong, that that you need that it's stuff. It's all purpose, yep. You need that stuff. But, um, mate, I got – mate, we, boys had their ring hanging out with the Pope and I remember, mate, um, mate, it was only a few weeks before the Pope was due to come out 
So there was a lot of build-up um, in relation to that, a lot of training. And um, I remember the boss called me into his office and he said, mate, I'm sorry to do this to you, but, mate, there's no one else that can do it. Um, the Luxembourg royal family are coming out. So him and her and, and the kids are coming out and they need a team on them and I need you to run it. And I'm like, fucking hell. Like, I've only just got here and you're giving this to me. Um, but again, mate, in hindsight, I'm, I'm very, very glad I did it and very lucky to have some people on the team um, who were experienced operators um, to give me a hand with that job. But, um, mate, yeah, thrown in the deep end pretty much um, straight away, sort of running a, a job, um, albeit, you know, you walk down, you walk down Pitt Street, mate, with the Luxembourg Royal Family. No one's going to fucking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless you're from Luxembourg. Where, where yeah. is Luxembourg? <laughs> <laughs> but but, I, I, yeah. I, so going back to that, I remember so just you just <laughs> something just peed, popped in there, mate. But I remember so the last, I think the the week before I was due to go up there to start full time duties, I did my last. Did my last SPSU camp at Goulburn. And um, so I think, mate, we're going there to do a bit of CQT and ferret training. And um, go in there, mate. I think it's a Thursday before the Monday I started at Dig Pro. And we're doing uh, doing barricade drills, CQT. And, um, mate, with the old CQT, it's changed a lot now, but the old CQT, mate, the first bloke used to come in and cover, second bloke, third bloke come in, try and clear that barricade so the team can keep moving through. And, um, mate, I remember, and again, mate, poor old SPSU with the poor cousins compared to the TAU. So, mate, you know, we didn't even have three-point slings, mate. I think I had my M4 on a carabiner on that overvest, you know. And um, so, mate, I had to go in and clear this barricade and I've slung the primary and as I've gone down, mate, the muzzle of my M4s, sort of bounced on the concrete and the butt. Oh, back up. Back up and it's not my fucking front tooth here. Like <laughs> straight, straight out. Yeah. And I'm um, thinking, fuck, I've got to start a dig pro on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and, mate, I, I remember for sort of, and do you reckon, mate, do you reckon I could find the fucking tooth? Nah. Go on. Go on, skis. And, um, oh, fuck, I'm starting a new job and, mate, I can't be turning up working on the Prime Minister with no front tooth. <laughs> and um, I remember, so we're still there for a few days. And and this is to work with uh, K-Rod. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll yeah. start. So, because I said, the fucking, the boss is going to go off. I can't turn up there. Mate, you got a nice shiny new suit on and no front tooth. And, um, mate, we go down, to, go down to this fucking bodgy dentist at Goulburn. And um, I said, I need you to do something. I said, I'll start a new job on Monday and I've got to look, it's got to look the part, you know. He said, mate, you're going to need a permanent implant in that. He said, if you haven't got the tooth, I can't do, there's not much I can do. Um, And the permanent implant, I remember, mate, that's at least six to 12 months worth of work drilling up into your bloody, um, into your jawbone. I said, mate, you've got to do something, you've got to, try and fix this somehow. And I remember, mate, he's opened up this drawer. Just teeth. With fucking random teeth. <laughs> <laughs> like random falsies. 
And he's gone, mate, I'm just going to have to stick one of these in it. Super glue. So, mate, he's whacked this thing in, like he's glued it in, but it wasn't the right colour and looked <laughs> fucked. And, mate, so the, the difference was either have that or look like a blonde Alfred E. Newman from the fucking Mad Magazine, <laughs> mate. So, yeah. <laughs> he whacked this tooth in and, mate, I put up with that thing for ages, mate. It was fucked, mate. I, mate. Did no good with the girls until I got that permanent implant put in. Mate, it looked fucked. The boys would have been giving it to it was, you. It, oh, they did. And, mate, it was better, but it was better than not having a tooth. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know. Especially working on the PM <sighs> on mate, TV. You, you, yeah, you're in front of those cameras yeah. all the time, you know. Fucking <laughs> hell. Uh, injury prone, I'll tell you. <laughs> That's yeah, so get back up there. Yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> no, you're right. That, that was good. That's a good one, actually. <laughs> Um, pretty funny, mate. But yeah, going up. So World Youth Day, mate. The Pope, big deal, uh, big deal for the unit. And um, mate, we all sort of got through that job, and then um, sort of started getting my teeth into it a bit, mate. I guess you know after that, sort of settled down a little bit, and um, you start working the way the unit worked. I guess which I didn't explain properly was generally you. Uh, um, your, regu- your regular sort of principals in that unit are the PM. There's a specific New South Wales Premier's team, which all they do is the Premier. The Premier. That's, that's, and you barely see them, mate. Or back then you barely saw them, mate, because they were sort of based out of, um, at a Parley house, you know, so they'd only come back to do their overtime forms or whatever. Um, so you had the Premier, then the Governor General, um, who I think, and I got there was Michael Jeffries, mate. MJ. Uh, yeah. Yep. Mate, fantastic. Mm. Fantastic. The work on, love working on the Governor General. Uh, always overtime. Um, and easy to work on, mate. The package was a lot smaller. Um, and, mate, good reason for it because the threat level's not there as much. Um, and you sort of looked, I guess looking back, mate, you look forward to working on those smaller jobs a little bit because, um, mate, when the – not that you're more relaxed, or well, yeah, you are a little bit more relaxed. You are because the threat level's not there. So, um, mate, he was right into his golf. So you'd be following him around down at Royal Randwick and what's the other one down there, the lakes or something mm. like that, mate, in the following around in the golf cart. And, uh, may rest in peace, mate, but he can't hit a fucking golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> we spent we spent most of our time watching looking for balls, <laughs> fishing them out of the fucking pond. That's it. But uh, mate, a lovely bloke to work on. Yeah, like, yeah, really good. And um, again, mate, well, you're working with the AFP. Um, it's a smaller package, and always good overtime on it. And mate, that I think that's that was the other thing that I really had to get my head around. And it's uh, maybe at the time, mate, being single. Um, no kids, um, that work well for me, mate, because you do, mate, you can tend to work massive hours, as you know, doing that work, mate. And, um, uh, a lot of the time, mate, you just, you're just never home, you know, you so say you might be, mate, you might be up at 6am straight out the door. You might be getting, depending on what's on the program, mate, you might be getting home till midnight and then backing up again, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, um, at that stage, mate, it was definitely a, for me, it sort of worked in well, mate, cause I had no, I had no outside responsibilities. Yeah. And 
Um, again, mate, you can see the toll that it made. It did take its toll doing that sort of work on guys who were married and had kids. Um, definitely, mate. You know, um, it's a single man's game, hundred percent. You know, because you are your client becomes your family. Like literally, you're with that guy probably more than you are with your your wife and kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You're living. You're basically living, living with them. Yeah, you're, you're living their yeah. life, good or bad, mate. Yeah. So over the next few years, you obviously in and out of. Uh, fuck. We went through a stage where we had about a prime minister every single year. So you're switching prime ministers like this, and Julie Gillard, obviously, you know, first female prime minister. I'm guessing the threat level was elevated in a way. Yeah, a, a little bit, mate. Oh, I don't know about elevated, but just again. Um, I guess over that period, like you, you sort of, you work, you used to working on blacks and I think she was a sort of, she, I think well, she was, she was the first Australian PM, mm. uh, first female PM. Yeah, she was, yeah. And um, yeah, that sort of, that that has its own sort of challenges, I guess, mate, um, working on a female dignitary and um, and hence, mate, there, there are a lot of girls, a lot of women that do do protection and there are reasons for that. Mate, um, and sometimes a, a lot of these female dignitaries they they want a female with them, believe mm. it or not. Um, so, mate, yeah, working on her. And, and look, I I actually really compared to say Kevin Rudd. Um, I really enjoyed um, working on Gillard. Um, and again, mate, it's funny. You sort of you see what they're like on camera, and then you see they what they're like when they have it. Yeah, they're, they're complete. Completely different people, of course, mate. And um, my lovely, lovely lady, and um, I remember my missus, my current missus Alicia. She worked um, for a long time for Thirty Four Squadron, which is you fly all the the raffies who fly all the VIPs around. And um, mate, I think to this day, um, even for for my missus, she was one of the favourite ones that she worked on. Mate, just lovely. Very polite, very well mannered, um, and the boys, you know, enjoyed working on it, mate. But again, mate, that was very short lived as far as <laughs> the PM goes, mate. They were they were clicking over. <laughs> they, they were at that stage. Was crazy, was mate. Stabbing each to, other in the back. Hard any to chance keep up they with. could, but you know, there are that you've got to get used to working on a new principal. I think even more so for the feds, mate, because you know they were going everywhere with her. Where we just had to deal with them as Here they were coming in New yep. South Wales. Yeah, gotcha, mate. Then obviously you're looking after the premiers. Yeah, so the first barrier fir- Farrell. first real taste of working on a premier I had. So I'll give you a little bit of a background. The way our unit was structured to be basically to to get on the premiers team, mate, was at the time I was there was one of the sort of uh, pinnacles or accolades that you could work towards because, mate, it's, um, it was working on that same principle day in, day out. Um, and I think up until a Farrell got in, mate, I think the, I think the Labor Party had been in 20 odd years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, I think prior to that, mate, um, you know, it'd be the Labor Party and then, and you, you never see the Premier's team, mate. So, um, when a Farrell got in, and basically what happens when a when a um when a different side of politics gets in, they generally like to start a new team and, and rotate a team around. So 
Um, it's weird, mate. It, there was opportunity there. So I sort of got asked to um, jump on that team um, after he sort of he came into power and, um, mate, I fucking hated it. Oh, did you? Oh, mate. Yeah, hated it. And I'll tell you, mate, I, I didn't like it. Oh. Mate, I've worked on a lot of dignitaries and out of, out of all of them, he's probably the, the one I least liked. He's a cock. I just, oh. I'll put it that way. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> this is your podcast. <laughs> no, I, look, mate, he – we went so – and it was just the way and I don't – I don't know why this was, but the way that team, the team got restructured in a way that, again, mate, I don't know the reasoning behind this, that, mate, I, that you would often work one out. Oh, no way. One out. For Premier. On the Premier. But, mate, what that meant was, like, you'd turn up. So we weren't jumping in the car with him. Mate, I was having to drive the security car. i follow Follow it, follow him, mate. So the boys are getting the jobs, mate. You'd have to like try and double park the car, jump out, and then jump on the shoulder. And mate, you'd have it. Generally, you'd have an advance to help you out at the site, not all the time. But mate, this is the sort of stuff like he was one bloke who I generally um, didn't think. Like the cops are light protection, mate, because, um, mate, he never told us what he was doing. Mate, often, like, we were relying on his secretary to let us know when he was even just walking out of the building. He wouldn't tell you. Mate, he'd often try and knock you off early. And, mate, he still had stuff on the program, but he didn't want you around. Um, mate, barely, I think, in the couple of years, not even a couple of years, mate, probably 18 months that I was working, barely got a hello out of him, mate. They're serious. Mate, we weren't even allowed. So generally, mate, when we did the pickups in the morning, we weren't even allowed to um, park in his street. Didn't want us in his street. Mate, it's not as if we got a marked police car. Serious. But, mate, and, and so he, mate, I remember he, so he had his office at Parliament House and, um, mate, he'd often use the freight elevator. So he didn't have to walk past us. So he could get out of the building. I shit you not. Wow. So, mate, I, doing that, you'd often think, you'd say, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, and, mate, it was a situation at the unit where, mate, you just, mate, you just got in, got in and did it. But to, yeah. I, 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 I didn't yeah. like it. I've all had those clients, trust you me. Know. Far out. <laughs> um, but you know that that it's a learning that, curve too. It was, mate, and 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 again, it's you look at the work, mate. You're not you're not protecting the personality. You're protecting the office or the what asset, that, or what that represents. Mm. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, and mate, you just turn up and do it, don't you? Yeah, you know, yeah, do your job because you're a professional. Now, again, mate, over the next couple of years, we you know you're chopping and changing. Back on K Rudd, 2013, and then again, mate, another another PM change. Tony <sighs> Abbott, Abbott comes in. Are you working? You working for him as well? Yeah, so mate, I loved it. Loved he's working a good guy, on. isn't he? He's mate, good. loved it. I met him a few uh, weeks ago. He's a machine, that bloke. 
Um, so, mate, I got put on, so leading up to the federal election, um, mate, we put teams on both sides of politics. And, um, mate, I got chucked on that team and, um, mate, I love the AFP boys that were on his team. We, we got on fairly well. And, um, mate, just a, a, a knock-around bloke, a knock-around bloke who, mate, that bloke, you'd be, you'd be up at 4am, mate, and I'll, so this is before he got in, so you'd be at his house. So, mate, it was all, it was day about, so he'd, he'd either be running, um, and the next day bike riding. So, mate, um, you'd always have one of the boys out running with him, and, mate, he was fit, and he's, mate, he's doing this day in, day out and then doing his stuff as the Prime Minister. Mate, there were nights there, mate, and, mate, he enjoyed a drink, don't get me wrong. But, mate, we'd be putting him to bed at, there'd be some nights there, mate, midnight, 1am. This is after a big day and he's had a few drinks. He'd be up at four, mate, doing his run. Mm. Just, mate, driven, you know, just, and fit. Um, but, Mate, really enjoyed working on him. Um, and you just, uh, just a knock around, mate. Yeah. Just one thing, mate. Obviously, he was a, fi- a real firefighter at that <laughs> stage. What happens, like, when he goes out fighting fires? Is he taking a bloke with him or? Yeah, the boys went out with him. So, so remember. Well, they do. Do they, just, oh, do they mate, dress mate, up as fireys as well? Or? Mate, I think they they take him out. So, mate, I think it was. And they had all those bad fires out the Blue yeah, Mountains. Yeah, yeah, no, around fifteen. When the media that. took all the photos of him and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so, mate, you'd go out there, and then they take because of the obviously the risk. Um, they take one a from recollection, mate. They were times I went out there, mate. They take one AFP, one of the New South Wales blokes, more or less out near the front, um, but not fighting fires, yeah, obviously, yeah. but back far enough in case. Um, you know, something happened to him to get him out of it. Yeah, of course. But, but he was that sort of bloke. And and again, mate, it's it's a funny thing, protection. You can put all these things in place. But then the stuff like that. that. You- but if they don't want to do that, mate, they're not going yeah. to do it. They're the prime minister yeah. or the governor general or whoever it is that's holding this high office. You can make suggestions, mate, but it's up to them if they're going to do it or not, you know. And, and that was his thing, mate. He just, he was that. He, he was just in the doing his his fire his stuff, part, but yep. <clears throat> again, mate, he was he was a sort of bloke, mate. This is when he was prime minister. Like he still went back to the the same. Um, I remember going with him, mate, when he took a bit of leave. He still went back to the same caravan park and stayed there, mate, where he'd been going for eighteen years with his family. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just a, a very down to earth sort of. Mm. Um, family man, mate, and, and the boys love working on him, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially, you know, you could see the rapport that the, the AFP boys sort of build up with him, mate. And, mate, there was some big money getting around back then too. Mate, the boys were burning some hours doing some stuff overseas. Um, I won't get into figures, but, mate. Yeah, of course. There was some overtime <laughs> getting around. Yeah. Which is fair, mate. He's Prime Minister, so... It is what it is. Mate, 2014, this is where I guess you kind of get your f- – oh, no, sorry, go back. Uh, Prince Harry visit back yes. in 2013. Now, this is a pretty big deal. It is, mate, yeah. It, it was, again, mate. PPO as well. PPO. So 
it's mate, and very, very humbled again, mate, very humbled and privileged to get the opportunity to do that. And, um, look, looking back, mate, at the highlight of my career, um, and again, mate, no matter what, how the media portrays him, he's a knock around bloke, mate. I fucking loved working on him. I just, he was a lad, mate. Yeah. He's killed some Taliban too, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, and and mate, he, um, and you know, you'd know more than I, but mate, he's, he's got, he's still got a lot of um, close mates here, mate, that were in SF Mm. and did time overseas. So, um, and I think, mate, because he'd done those rotations, he was respected. Um, but mate, just a a lad. Yeah. You know, knock around. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I think this is something we haven't sort of talked about yet, but um, massive job for me. But when you get these overseas dignitaries coming in, mate, um, you really have to build up a rapport pretty quickly with his protection team. Um, so his dudes um, from the Met from uh, from Royal Protection, which is um, basically how many guys he had. Probably had four or five guys come out um, over that period, and mate, you really build up some good friendships and and working relationships with those dudes, mate. And um, again, mate, very very humbled to get that opportunity. And I think the first time he came out, mate, he was it was for the hundred year uh, centenary of the navy, so he came out for that. But he was by he still he was still single then, mate. So. <laughs> He was still, he was still on the prowl, mate. Mad dog. But, yeah. he, he definitely but, was. He was in Vegas doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, that a couple of the boys, mate, who were on that Vegas trip, came out with him, and mate, they said that was something else. <laughs> oh, that was fucking so, awesome. Something else, mate. But um, what else do you do in Vegas? <laughs> Strippers. <laughs> um, but mate, great. Great principle to work on and, mate, to work with the dudes from Royal Protection, mate, again, just champion blokes. Mm. And, mate, I think (sighs) there's certain sort of protection teams that come out um, that you work with and you just gel and they're they're one of them, mate. Mm. The POMs, always good to work with. And, again, mate, uh, you know, I think a lot of those dudes who were on that team, mate, had a bit of sort of – they came from a tactical background as well, mate. So you sort of build that rapport. And some dudes, you know, had time. That, I think it's their special firearms unit or something like that, mate. So, um, yeah, happy days, mate. Uh, definitely a highlight. Yeah, on. and I, I guess another highlight would be um, Obama's visit. Now, this is where you kind of experience. Like he's he's the leader of the free world. You know, they're coming in with their own. Vehicles, their own four thousand men type thing, like it's just Crazy. next level shit. Crazy, mate. So, and and you can see why I think, mate. I think with the Yanks, um, if you have a look at the stats, um, I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's ten percent of all their U.S. presidents. So ten percent have been assassinated, and then twenty percent have had a attempt an attempt. Yeah. On their yeah. life, so that when you look at that, mate, that's that's why no stone is left unturned. But um, so that was yeah G twenty. So they sent us up to Brisbane um, to assist with that operation. So um, so you got leaders coming in, mate. Very fortunate to get a gig on that trip. 
And, um, mate, they sent us up a few weeks before the job just to do some, um, just some, some lectures and sort of get, you know, you do your reckies and get familiarised with different things and that sort of thing. And that's, um, that's where I met Fergo, mate. So I was, yeah, well, yeah. I was roommates with Fergo and, um, during that operation, mate, they chucked us. So it was very clever the way they did it. Um, cause you've got so many leaders coming in that require protection for that operation, mate. They chucked us on a, um, a more or less like a protection, they called them a protection flying squad. So what, um, what effectively that did was they put you on a team of blokes, maybe six blokes and you, all your job was, was if, you know, the leader of Saudi's coming in, He's coming in at 3 a.m. We've got no one to pick him up. We need a package to go out, get him and get him back to the hotel because their team sort of been stood down or whatever, or waiting for, you know, the program to start the next morning or, you know, um, UK leaders going to this restaurant. We need dudes to go out in advance it, be there for the team to come in. So, mate, I was getting rotated around job to job to job, which I loved. Um, and I think... Mate, Obama and a lot of the leaders um, went to their convention centre um, uh, for one of their meetings. So, mate, we got sent down there to help out on the site. But as you said, mate, the logistics, the Yanks throw out things. I, I remember, mate, I was staying with Fergo because we were in an apartment just near the sort of Fortitude Valley there. So I was sort of facing um, – was facing where Obama was kind of coming from. Mate, I'm standing there with Fergo having a having a ciggy actually, and mate, we see those mate. They're flying him in those ospreys, mm. so they'd have three of them, mate. And it was just mate, unreal seeing seeing them sort of come in. And I remember saying to Fergo, I said, Don't "Those things fucking crash." Yeah, <laughs> haven't they got a history of fucking going? Yeah, down? it's wild. Um, but yeah, they'll find up there. They'll find him around in those. One just crashed not long ago. Yeah. So, yeah, mate, um, to see what the Yanks bring in is just incredible, mate. Um, You know, and again, um, yeah, even to his, even, I think, mate, very lucky during APEC when I was at the TAU, we went for a swing by to have a look at um, Bush's car. Um, And um, just to see, mate, that's- The beast. The beast. Yeah. It's wild. Apparently that thing's like a, just a, can survive everything. <laughs> Got a mad Polaroid with a beast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Mate, I, I was in DC last year and I seen both, I saw Biden, Biden's team. Yeah. He was leaving the, the White House and I saw uh, Kamala Harris's team as well. She only had like, maybe like six vehicles. Yeah. He had, I saw the helicopters flying, I saw streets getting blocked off, I thought, fuck, someone's about to move and then. Obviously, the beast rolls out with about twenty vehicles, easily. It, it's something to behold in it. But it's, when you it's see it, wild! It is incredible. And mate, he's just gonked out in the back of the car. Just. <laughs> 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 but it, it look it, and and for good reason. Yeah, um, mate, they do do that. But it it is just imagine running that. Imagine running that, mate. Sp- like, yeah, um, but it shuts everything down, even. Nearly, not quite to that that extent, but mate, it's the same. You know, with the Secretary of State, everything gets shut down. You know, and um, 
yeah, just just made incredible to be a part of when you when you're part of that, mate. You're just shutting, you're just fucking Sydney traffic up, mate. When that sort of stuff, oh, <laughs> they just yeah, mate. Yeah, same as the US, mate. Like they just shut it down. You just yeah. stopped. That's it. They pull bikes up and sh- stop. Yeah, they got the whole. Wild. Oh, so, yeah, when I saw Kamala Harris. Literally, they just. I was walking into a Seven Eleven. I'm walking outside with a fucking hot dog, tomato sauce on. <laughs> and you see these, you know, six cars, Kamala Harris, or what? Just waving, saying "g'day." Yeah, it's um, my fucking hot dog. Yeah, they don't muck around, mate. Nah, but not. and look, yeah, yeah. fuck, mate. It's you know, being part of that is great, but um. Mate, try and if, if mate, if you were a threat trying to get even within a K of the joint, good luck. You know, because there's just that much thrown at it. That's it, and technology and, as well. And the tech, mate, the tech. You can see it when speaking of tech, I, when that when that Biden your cell service is like gone straight away. You're like, no, you mate, they'll, they, yeah. So they they've got that capability, yeah. and I won't get into it too much. But mate, oh, he's in they, Afghanistan. They, Same they, thing. They'll shut it. If they, mm. mate, if they decide to shut things down, everything goes mm. down. Everything electronic will go down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, quite incredible. But um, speaking of tech, I think I missed this, mate. We did, after Kevin Rudd got in, mate, we did, oh, we did a shitload of these Chinese jobs. Oh, and, fuck those. Mate, and I just, oh, mate, it's very political. So, doing mate, bug sweeps and all that type of shit. Yeah. A lot of these dudes, mate, that were coming in from the Politburo, mate, they were guests of government. I, you didn't know who the fuck they were half the time, but they got, mate, a lot of them got the whole box and dice with, with packages, you know. And, um, mate, it's a thing at the end of jobs where, mate, everything goes well and <laughs> nobody's been hurt. You sort of, you always exchange gifts with the foreign security. And, um, mate, I'd, I'd been involved with a couple of these Chinese jobs and I remember getting a little, I remember the little, like a little speaker that you plug into your computer that you oh, listen to music off. Fucking <laughs> hacking mate, device, you mean? Mate, I had one, <laughs> I had one plugged into my computer at work <laughs> and someone said, maybe one day they said, oh, you didn't get that off the fucking Chinese, did you? And I said, oh, why? I'm fucking throw it in the bin. <laughs> Because, mate, I, I had no idea. We didn't really get much yeah. of a talk about it. Because they put mate, fucking LBs and all sorts of shit yeah. um, in, this, in these electronic gifts. And, um, mate, I've had one plugged into my fucking computer. <laughs> Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Work. And um, so this is, I'm just digressing a little bit. But my missus did it. She took one of the PMs to, um, to China. And, mate, I, I reckon the plane, um, I don't know how they got it in there, mate, but they, they found an LD in the shitter. Oh, did the they? Plane. Yeah. Of course they did. Mate, um, like, they got, yeah, mate. They got some height, haven't they? And again, mate, a quick funny story. We used to do very political. So we used to have to go and do a lot of jobs, just site security work over at the, um, at the Chinese consulate over at um, Camperdown. And, um, mate, I don't know if you've been, if you've seen it, mate, it looks like the fucking Thunderdome out of Mad Max. It's got fucking razor wire and the walls are fucking, you know, 12 foot high. Um, it's like a full on compound. And, um, mate, you'd go over there and I, I remember like you'd sort of park the car out the front and 
mate, it was just a presence. I, it was, it, it, and it was very politically motivated back then because of rod and different things that were going on. And mate, you'd sit in the car and you just you'd wait the job out. And I remember, um, mate, they'd always bring out this styrofoam container for you, packed full of dumplings. And um, I remember the boy saying, "Be careful what you fucking." Be careful what you sort of say and, and what text messages you send to the boys when you're down at the consulate because we got software that will intercept your fucking oh, messages. Yeah. Yep. And um, I remember one of the boys sending a text message to another one of the blokes in the office. He's gone, I'm sick of getting fucking dumplings at these fucking jobs. Mate, do you reckon we got dumplings again after that job? No. Fucking didn't. Uh, yeah. Mate, yeah, text there, mate. Fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I would have done. Them, I would have done. Well, I like the dumplings. Yeah, I would have done on purpose. Fuck these dumplings. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking but, steak but, and chips, you mate. Know, the boys are like. Imagine what else yeah. was getting intercepted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How about that Chinese bird? She was smoking. <laughs> mate, uh, so moving down the track, Dalai Lama, as we spoke about earlier. Yes, he comes in, mate. That's a different beast. Again, he's how. Yeah, up until. So again, mate, another very, mate, I was very, um, very humble, mate, to get off of that job. And he'd, mate, he'd been out to Australia quite a fair mm. bit leading up to that. I, I think, mate, since I'd got there, he'd been out three or four times prior to that. Anyway, but to get the opportunity, mate, he was there. He was staying out at the Blue Mountains for a week. Out at, I think it was the Fairmont. And, um, mate, to get the opportunity to run that um, over over best part of a week was fantastic. So um, you're very um, – you again, mate, you've, you work very closely with his protection, which it's good, mate. They've got people from uh, – there's an organisation called Dalai Lama Australia who um, do a bit of the sort of part-time – I guess, site security and help you out with a little bit of CPP and that sort of stuff. And then, mate, he's got his he's got his own dudes and from recollection, um, mate, they were they were Nepalese, is it Gurkhas? Yeah, Gurkhas. Gurkha, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, a few dudes, I remember talking to a few dudes who had done rotations over in Afghanistan and were on his protection yeah. team. So, mate, dudes who could um, obviously handle themselves, but lovely Lovely mm. blokes, you know, and um, I think doing that job, mate, and, and mate, I'm not a, I'm not a spiritual person or by any stretch of the imagination, mate. I'm not into the fucking Buddhism and all that sort of stuff, but mate, very, it is a bit weird, mate. You feel very happy sort of being around him and working on that job and, um, mate, we didn't know this was happening, but um, I think the second day, um, the second day we st- he sort of kicked the job off, mate. Richard Gear arrived. Oh, did he? Yeah, because yeah, right. he's right into that shit. Is he? Oh, right. mate, that him and the Dalai Lama are like that. Oh, yeah, right. So, um, mate, anyone who was sort of nailing Cindy Crawford, yeah, in their prime, respect, and probably Julia Roberts back in the day, mm-hmm. pretty woman. So, mate, believe it or not, we sort of. Um, we got to know him pretty well, and mate, what a knock around bloke! Yeah, um, just so we, mate, believe it or not, he, the Dalai Lama, he was doing all these sort of Buddhism classes and shit like that in the resort, mate. And he'd be finished by three o'clock 
uh, most days. And then you'd take him back to his room and you wouldn't see him again till like maybe 6 a.m. the next morning. He was in his room, which is weird. Uh, I think they meditate and do all that sort of stuff. Probably just watching TV. The Bachelor. <laughs> this is bullshit. Man, I'm just going to go meditate. It's just <laughs> watching the notebook, eating popcorn. <laughs> Licking kings. Well, what, do, what do you do? Suck a kid's tongue. Yeah. Oh, oh, fuck. That was dodgy. I don't know. Right. I don't know. It's put me off him. That's for sure. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, mate, who knows what he was doing in there when we put him, put him away. But, mate, I, we – um. We sort of hung out with Richard Gear a bit, mate, because he was um, – we were sort of eating with the Dalai Lama Stray people every night. It was just, mate, they put on a little sort of um, buffet-type thing for us, mate, in a little area. So, mate, we'd, we'd be sort of sitting there just, um, mate, a few times sitting next to Richard Gear having yes. having a fucking chin wag and a – Yeah, a dumpling. A dumpling. <laughs> mate, yeah, locker and bloke, unreal. Yeah, 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 nice, mate. Uh 2015-16 again, new Prime Minister. Australia at its finest. Another knife come out. They stabbed another Prime Minister and got a new one in. Malcolm Turnbull. A little bit controversial on Malcolm. Yeah. Oh, again, mate, probably, probably not him. He's on the, the barrio foul Top level. Top five Prime Ministers I've worked on. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked on, worked on so so similar, similar job, though, for the PM, just, you know. Fed's got his do the, you know, the yeah. So uh, again, mate, it's a transition because don't know, mate. There were re- there was reasons behind it, and I won't sort of speculate too much. But whether it was beneath him or not, mate, I don't know. But he decided he didn't want to move into Kirribilli House. Um, and for me to say this, mate, it was no secret that he. His house is over at Point Piper, which is on the other side of the harbour. He's a rich dude too. Very wealthy. Mm. Now, again, mate, this is this is something that became extremely problematic, particularly for the AFP, because, mate, a Kirribilli house, everything is in place. And as you know, they've got those, I think they call, they used to call them um, protective service, but I think their name's changed now that basically were the caretakers of Kirribilli House. So yeah. Um, attached to the AFP. Special and, constables, aren't they? Oh, I, I think they're actually, mate, blue. Oh, I the, think the APS, just, the Protective Service. Yeah, the old Protective they are Service. AFP, yeah. yeah. I think they still call them Protective Service. Yeah. yeah. We've got a few listeners, yeah. Yeah. Um, great bunch of blokes, mm. mate. Fantastic blokes. And uh, always worked in well with them, mate. And they knew, mate, you know, when you were sort of picking the PM up or dropping the PM off, it was like clockwork, mate, because they knew their job. They knew what they had to do, and that was their baby. You know, Kirribilli House was their baby. And security-wise, mate, everything's in place. So lockdowns. As far as, mate, vehicle mitigation, SOPs all that sort place. of stuff, it's all yep. in place. So for a dude to say, I'm not going to move in there, Fucks I'm going to stay. Yeah. Mate, you, it's a, it's a, you've got to do a, a total fucking risk assessment. Local streets. And then and, – Mate, cost-wise, I don't know, mate. I'm, again, I'd be speculating, but the PS guys had to set up their own, mate. I think they had to build their own guard box out the back to at least have somewhere to stand down and have a piss. But, mate, the money that would have been spent to do that, to me, shows that there's a bit of arrogance there. Mm. Do you know what I mean? What, why? 
it was good enough for every other prime minister to to live there. Why not him? Yeah, so that, that, that should creates, be in the contract. That, that <laughs> creates its own set of problems. So I remember, um, mate, during that period, you know, you'd have to get all the way over to um, Point Piper to pick him up and drop him Shit off. Shit traffic. Terrible. Terrible. And, um, again, mate, we, we had certain things in place with, um, even with the pay, PM to make, you know, you, you, you travel a bit smoother and as in sick. changing the lights to green. Oh, I won't comment too much on that. Like, <laughs> people want to kill me. <laughs> people get home from work. But look, uh, again, mate, so getting over that, so that, that had, that had its own problems for our people trying to get all the way over there to do pickups and drop offs and that sort of thing because, you know, the traffic and that sort of stuff. But he, um, his little thing was kayaking. So, you know, you had Abbott who liked to do his runs in the morning or his um, bike rides. This dude was in the canoes. No. So yeah. some poor bastard had to. So initially, mate, I, I think the feds, <laughs> yeah, I think, mate, initially the, the feds bought a few canoes and. Um, you just they, get a jet ski? Well, they quickly found out we've got something called the Marine Area Command. Yeah. They're called boats. Yeah, that's it. So, man, just get a jet ski or a, a tinny. And I think, mate, in the end, the Mac, the Mac loved it. The Wateries loved it because um, gave him a job. Well, dudes were getting rusted mm-hmm. on on um, AFP mm. overtime. Like, so AFP was footing the bill, and the dudes from the Mac were getting the OT. Mm. So they would do it, mate. Easy work. So the boys would rock up, mate. You jump on the boat, and um, Mac are getting getting good OT out of it, mate. So happy days, you know. Um, but again, like he, I don't know, mate. Yeah, he's probably six or seven out of the seven prime minutes of <laughs> Mate, uh, again, new prime minister, new premier, New South Wales, Mike Baird. He was actually, I didn't mind him, was a good, good premier. Loved him, mate. Mm. So. <clears throat> Are you working PPO for Baird? So I, I, I got asked to go over onto that team, mate, and, um. Things had changed, so the team had been bolstered. Um, so we had a different package, so more blokes. Um, and what a lovely bloke to work on. Um, and, mate, so I went over onto that team and you solely, you solely work um, on that bloke day in, day out. Um, and as far as, look, mate, as far as politicians go, He's probably number one, mate. He was good, yeah. Oh, oh mate. Un- knock around blokes. Bloke, and um, very honest, mate. We just – he loved the boys, mate, and he was a very – we found him just a very integrity-driven, honest bloke, mate, you know. And I think, you know, you touched on that a little bit earlier. Um, that is certainly um, – that is certainly a protection package I worked on where you really do get to know their family. Um, and his wife, Karen, mate, lovely, um, lovely, lovely lady. Um, and his kids, mate, just, he was just very much a family guy. And I think, look, I think, um, looking back on that, mate, it's the, the one thing that really, um, that was unfortunate was, I think, remember that he made the, well, the Premier's office made the decision to, to put a ban on, uh, Greyhound racing. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. 
And that really, look, I think that really changed as far as from our perspective as well, mate, as a, as a protection team, it, it really changed the goalposts. Um, oh, did it? It did, mate, because he was getting, he was getting a lot more harassment. Um, prior to that, mate, yeah, he was, um, mate, he could do no wrong. No, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think everyone loved him. And, um, and I think that, that, you know, again, mate, I'm not a politician, um, but doing that, mate, it, it really changed I the tide of things. I didn't think it'd go that mate. bad on a on a premier. Just, mate, because they oh, oh, particularly fucking with, you're fucking with money. That's what it is. Well, and too. people's livelihoods, yeah. mate, because yeah. that that the, big the, industry, massive industry. I've got a mate. dog. Have you? Yeah, I got a grand. Yeah. What's it called? Here come Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Just quickly. Was well, it, you're going to say Santa's little elbow. Nah, remember there was, uh, you remember Cody Walker, you know, the footy player, Cody Walker? Yeah. There's a video of him getting into a punch on somewhere and someone in the background is like, here come Cody. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he called him, yeah, here comes Cody. So win races? He won one race so far and uh, he's got a couple of places, so he's not going too bad. Yeah, let me know when he's. Yeah, mate, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Get mine or get on <laughs> but, but so, mate, you can totally understand that, um, mate. People rely on that industry. It's and and not directly just people with dogs. Just everything that's associated mm. with that. And and, and look, I, perhaps you know that decision was who advised him and who didn't. I don't know, mate. But. Um, I think that really, as far as the whole feeling of sort of that protection package, it did change, mate, because he was copping a lot. Yeah, shit. He was cop- copping a lot of abuse, particularly when we went to um, regional areas. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so you, you, you really had to sort of, we really switched on a, a bit more, mate, after that. And um, a typical Aussie, isn't it? Don't take away our racing. <laughs> this is one Thursday night's gonna be destroyed now. This is bullshit. <laughs> I've never had a night out at the dogs. I reckon oh, it's, it's not a bad so good. So like I love punting. I'm a punter. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. the dogs, oh, mate. I'm going to the Newcastle races on Saturday. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because the Everest is on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. yeah by the time this podcast is out, that someone's run that race, so I'm gonna do my research tomorrow. Yeah, hey, I didn't know that. I didn't know you were a bit of a punter. Oh, oh. Punting is my thing. Hey, mate, you would have fit in well to our office. Oh, yeah. Mate, one of our bosses, mad punter. Yeah. Or ex-bosses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they call it. me Gambler. I was one of the X-Men, I reckon. There <laughs> <laughs> goes Gambler. Gambler. <laughs> <laughs> mate, so, yeah, so you finish up with uh, Mike Baird. So worked on Mike. Yeah, so worked on Mike um, predominantly, mate, for the, for the next sort of 12 to 18 months and, um, mate, loved it. Like, really loved it. Mate, very tight bunch of blokes um, that I'll work with and um, I think, you know, in the end, mate, it, it is weird. You sort of become, you nearly become part of their family a little bit, mm. um, which can, you know, it, you know, you talk about this and it can become problematic because you can to get, I think it's one of those things you can become a bit too familiar with your principal. Sometimes that's not a good thing, you know, and um, it can sort of cloud your judgment a little bit at times and particularly Again, mate, you know, you you, so, you can make- Especially sort of, if they're a fuckwit. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone's pulling the fucking trigger, you're like, nah, yeah. fuck you. But yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if yeah. you build a relationship with someone, you're like, you know, you know what, I'm going to look after this guy. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and look, even there, even um, funny enough, mate, oh, this, this one stands out. It's, mate, he took his kids to a Taylor Swift con- concert. Might have been working, actually. Yeah. Um, a few years back, mate, when she was playing at, um, must have been Homebush. Yeah, and, I was uh, there. I was on the side of stage, actually. Yeah, yeah, I was. Well, mate, his daughters. So his daughter. So Mike and Karen were in like uh, one of the sort of private mm. boxes, watching from there, and the kids were out in the thick of whoop, it. Whoop. So that the really that the the threat was on the kids, not him, mate. He's locked in the in his private box up there. So technically, mate, we don't afford the kids' protection. It's him, you know. But so in the end, mate. You know that he's not going to leave that venue without his kids. Without his kids, so you're sort of torn. So in the end, mate, you 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 you've got to be out there. You, you've got to make a decision, and well, who's who's at most risk? Well, it's the kids out there. So you have got to get them sort of, you know, when he's ready to go. I think, I think there was only two of us working that night of all things, mate. And he said, mate, can you go and get the girls? So I'm traipsing across trying to get through all these fucking people to get his girls because you know he's not going to leave the venue without them and, mate, God forbid if something happens to them, who's going to get – who's going to wear oh, it's, it's your fault. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, so, you know, there, there are – there's definitely grey areas there, mate. But that um, comes down to the operator to make those decisions and, you know, what? that's that's the close protection world. It's literally on-the-spot fucking decisions. Like it's – 100%, mate. And then and it, if something <laughs> fucks up, you're like, where, where was he? Exactly. Where was Frank Farmer? <laughs> He's just well, was Alfred Ian, yeah, in the eating one. fucking dumplings. Um, but you're right, mate. It is. It's principal management. Isn't that's what they call mm. it? Principal management. You know. And if you've um, and you sort of you, you touched on a really good point there because um, you work with some blokes and they're too scared to approach the principal and basically tell them something. Well, it's your job to fucking if something arises. You've got to. You've got to be. Um. You've got to be confident enough to, to speak to these people. 100%. You know, because, mate, um, that, that's that's your job, mm. you know. Um, sometimes I think sometimes blokes are a little bit too standoffish, but sometimes you've got to tell them, mate, you know. Um, whether they take that advice or not or, you know, you know what it's like. We, we, we talked about this. You can give them a course of action and they'll go get fucked. <laughs> like, nah. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, exactly. And you know, that's so. where the PPO's got to. Do the calculations in the head and figure out another plan. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, but um, going back to that, mate, it, yeah, love working on him. Uh, fantastic bloke. Um, and, um, mate, when I, it was very sad when he resigned, mate. It was, it was, you know, I thought, fuck, I've got to go back to the office now and get back into. Uh, yeah, the Wicked Witch of the stuff. West comes in. <laughs> That's what I call her anyway, because of COVID. So, mate, yeah, and 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 again, I mate, I trans. So I had a bit of time off after Mike. Oh, did you? Up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and my missus went away. We went to Europe for a while and had a good little holiday. And then, mate, again, came back and I was, mate, I was asked to work on um, on Gladys. So I asked to work on Gladys for a while, mate, um, and I did, and. It, again, mate, on, to be quite honest with you, because I'd gotten so close to working with Mike, my 
heart wasn't in it. Mm. And um, when you're doing this work, mate, it's like anything, I guess, with policing, but mate, when your sort of heart's not in it, you've got to make a decision. You've got to say, well, fuck, someone else needs to have a go here because, mate, if your heart's not in it, you get complacent. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You know, and that's how I felt. Um, and I just, and, and it's, I don't know, it, it's, I just wasn't feeling it, mate, you know, um, with, 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 and, and, and the hours are pretty hardcore, mate. The, the hours that were pretty hardcore on the premiere. And at that stage, we'd sort of, um, we'd held off having kids and we're sort of going through that, that stage where, mate, we're trying to have kids and, and it was, and that was problematic for us as well, you know, so that. It was hurdles there. So, look, in the end, coming off that team, um, I think it was a good thing for me, mate. You know? Yeah, yeah. Because so, Gladys was in for a few years. And obviously, during this time, there was a few other visits. Obviously, again, once again, new Prime Minister. It's, fuck, it's, like it's hard to keep track of changing, them, mate. changing my undies, mate. There's a new Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new one every week. It's pretty much how much I change Mondays every week. Uh, ScoMo comes in. So obviously working with him. Mate, unreal for a lot of the boys you, in our office. Sorry, because- are you just dedicated for the premiere at this stage? Is that, is that what so what happened? Yeah, so I was on Gladys um, and, mate, I actually, I actually specifically asked to come back to the office. Um just to do general protection work, um, my heart wasn't in it. So when you say general protection work, you're just pretty much any ad hoc job that so pops up. So whenever the PM yep. came in, um, GG, um, mate, at that stage we'd started doing protection on the New South Wales governor who had a risk on him, which was David Hurley. Um, so there's a lot of work sort of coming up with him. Yeah, former, um, former general of the, of the army. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, any sort of, I guess, mate, you're sort of ready to go on any international jobs that came in. So um, I think it was that stage, mate, I went back there and started doing a bit of relieving work in the office and a um, bit of team leader stuff, which was, oh, look, it's good and bad. But, mate, I think with anything, mate, the longer you're at these units, you've got to step up and start taking on a little bit more responsibility. And I, and it was definitely the case, mate, with our unit. Um, I think the longer that you had been there, if you didn't sort of step up and take on a little bit more responsibility, mate, um, you sort of weren't going to get put on good stuff when it came up, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. You needed to step up a little bit. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, got back, mate, started doing a little bit of relieving work in Morrison, mate, which is, again, mate, Fantastic for half the boys in our office because they're all shark supporters. Oh, fuck, I couldn't think of anything worse. Because he's fanatical. I know, he? yeah. Um, so you'd be going. He went to every game, didn't he? Just about, yeah. Right? Yeah, every home game. That'd be good. Yeah, be great for if you're a shark supporter. Yeah, so, around. mate, I, I think. And you get to go into the locker room and hang out with the boys. Yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> if you're into that, mate. <laughs> so, mate, so we had a lot, a lot of boys. Um, who lived down the Shire Way and, um, yeah, mate, mad shark supporters. So they loved it. So, again, smart rostering. Um, you try, you would try and roster a lot of those boys. Yeah. Um, who wants to watch sharks? Yeah. 
carpooling and that sort of stuff, mate, because it just it worked out smart with the roster, you know. Yes, as as we said, mate, uh, the boys uh, on ScoMo, obviously the boys that love the the Sharkies, we're getting the jobs for uh, ScoMo, and at this time as well, um, CPO for what's what's sorry, what's CPO one? Are you talking? You you are. Yeah, so you got with your CPO uh, with your protection package. You obviously got the PPO. Yep. And then I guess your your bloke who's running the CPP side gotcha, of things gotcha. is your CPO one. Um, so he's he's your bloke sitting in the front seat of the security car. Mm. He's doing all your radio. He's calls, a team leader, more or less. Yep. Um, so you got so you, you could I guess you could say he's the team leader of that sort of that close bubble. And then, mate, on your bigger jobs, you've got the security coordinator who is basically um, controlling the whole thing, mate, your assets, your other assets, your liaison to different things. And um, But as far as controlling that CPP team, mate, your CPO one. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Mate, and this is for Hillary. Yeah, okay. very quick job, that one. Yep. But um, – Again, mate, I, th- I think the, the one thing we'll touch on there is that um, always awesome to get an opportunity to work with the Secret Service. And, um, mate, as far as protection goes throughout the world, you're probably looking at that. They're that, pretty switched on. They're the benchmark. That's, that's their job. They're yeah. the benchmark. And, and um, mate, again, from my experience um, from working in the unit all those years, always had a fantastic working relationship with the Secret Service and um, mates and vice versa because they, I think over the years, mate, you build up these relationships, um, particularly when you had bosses there who, mate, between them had um, 60-odd years in protection before, nearly nearly 30 years each, so easy 25 years each in protection. So you can imagine over that period of time, mate, the relationship building that has occurred. So continually when jobs are coming out, mate, they know what we're putting on and they know the standard that we um, sort of create for ourselves. And um, it makes it a lot easier to work with, mate. And, and and the way they do things, particularly with their methodology and tactics, it's very similar, mate. Yeah, yeah. Just um, just on the secret service, a little side thing here, mate. JFK, mm. what do you reckon happened? I've been there a couple of times now, Dallas. Yeah, Dealey Plaza. Did you get a photo on the grassy knoll? All of it. I've I've been there multiple times. Every time I go to Dallas, I go there because I'm fascinated about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in the obviously the video and all the footage, it looks very far. You get up on that level, it's fucking, it's doable. I'm telling you right now, I'm a shooter. I could take that shot with that with that same nose end again. Because it was a it was a bold action, wasn't it? Bold action, Mo's end again. Yeah, fuck off. Ask, ask the boys, mate. I'm switched on with that. <laughs> yeah, if you're a pig so, out in the bush, mate, you're fucking you're mine. Because what do you? How many how many shots did he get? I think away, three man? rounds. One was a magic round, but there's so many different stories now. My theory, there's a good book actually. An Australian ex Australian detective went over and did his own and wrote a book of Smoking Barrel. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. He reckons that this is when they just got the M16 in. 
Yes. And obviously the Secret Service boys are fucking tanked up on the the night before, fucking bit bit rattled. Uh, He's pulled out the M16 and when the car's jerked. Just let one go. UD. This is is one of the the theories out there. But then, you know, again, I've been there and that shot, it's not. It's it's, doable? It's, it's, oh, 100%. Slow moving vehicle with a fucking single, you know. Because from recollection, that, that car was moving pretty slow, wasn't it? It was very slow. Um, look, mate, I, I did um, I did read one really good book on it because, you know, you get a bit interested in this of sort of stuff. It's your world. And, um, oh, fuck, you know better than I, mate, the, the, the inquiry that they did on it. So there was, mate, it was an extensive inquiry by a lot of um, – ex-judges and solicitors and that sort of thing that made up sort of the investigation team for the inquiry and made all things, uh, and from what I've read with this one book, made all things led to one shooter. Mm. But I have heard that theory. theory yeah, yeah. Because the, um, yeah. they said there was a shooter on the grassy knoll as well. You know, that was another theory. Yes, you know, yes. There was a shot from there and that's a close shot. So what is, is it just like a, a gradient? Sort yeah, it's just, road, a, it's just a gradient, and then there's a, a, a fence line. That's it. Like it's not it's very. It's not a knoll. Like when they say call it a grassy knoll, it's, it ain't no knoll. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no feature. Like a, it's just like a it slope. It's just is a it? slope, but that leads up to a. I think now it's a car uh, car parking area. Yeah, right. But yeah, there's a, the old fence is still there, and there's a bit of a monument there now. But that shot is close. But yeah. when you look at obviously where the entry and doesn't match because it's literally, it's almost like a 90 degree to where the shot happened. Yeah, so yeah. it's. Did he have open sights on there? Or was a scope? Was I a think scope? it was an open sight, yeah. Just fucking. But again, very doable as far oh, as you're concerned. Yeah. yeah. That's I saw Mitch Parker hit a bloody. You know Mitch <laughs> Parker? We went out hunting a couple of weeks ago. He's got this single shot <sighs> 22. It's. It it's literally looks like he's cut the fucking wire at the carnival. You know those carnival fucking twenty. It looks like he's cut the wire off it and just taken this fucking rifle home. He smacked his hair <laughs> like literally his hair was about a hundred meters like on the move with his twenty two and smacked it open sights. I'm like, so that's when. Fuck! I wish I could shoot like it, that. It, it's doable. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Because he had, it, he. He was a marksman, that dude, wasn't he? Like Harvey Oswald. Yeah, yeah, he did. Obviously, he's training with the US military and then deflected out to Russia. Yeah, and went over to Russia. That's off the, they think obviously the Russian Russians were involved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he was, uh, I think, because there's different levels in the US. They got a sniper, then they call him a sharpshooter if they yeah. pass a yeah. certain level. But for me, personally, my own investigations, yeah, 100%. I and think the shot mate, could be taken. Do you reckon anyone else was behind it or is it just. Lane Wolf type scenario, I don't know. Probably the US government. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Love the, good, the, I love a good conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Aliens, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, that's a big one. And I think, you know, we, we talked about that with the Yanks. I think oh, did I, you? I mentioned that. Yeah, no, right. no, well, no. <laughs> earlier, in, sorry, early in the podcast, with the, they've, that, they've had that many presidents. Yeah, here. we exactly, yeah. And, um, uh, you know, you even have a look. I don't know if you knew much about the Reagan, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 assassination. And mate, I think he let he got all six off. Oh, did he? He got all six off. And mate, so yeah, Reagan. I think he just come out of that um, Hilton Hotel he in did. Washington. And um, mate, I think, and this is this is something 
you know, we can sort of, I can sort of touch or empathize with a little bit. When it gets to that point, when it gets to a point where a, a, a threat is actually able to, um, to discharge a firearm, mate, are you going to be able to stop the first one? Mate, he got, so I think the, I think the special agent, I think McCarthy. He copped two, didn't he? He was, mate, I think he copped the fifth one. Oh, did he? Yeah. So there was a cop, I think that there was a, two of the bullets hit a couple of blokes and then I think by the time an agent got body cover around Reagan, I think he copped the fifth one. Remember the sixth one ricocheted off the limo? Yep, yep. And they didn't realise that he'd been hit. And I think, um, I can't remember the special agent in charge, but he was switched on. He fucking, they got him straight to the hospital, mate, because, um. I think he was gone. Mm. Like he was all, he was all but gone, but he didn't even realise that he'd been hit. Um, and that and again, mate, that's something. It's funny. Like I think we talked about it off air. That's why towards the end of my stint there, mate, we got Aaron Ferguson on board to help us out a bit with our training because we identified capability gaps, particularly with dealing with when someone gets hit or someone gets trauma. Mate, stuff like, you know, you blokes used overseas, your yeah. tornadoes and that to save lives. And um, stuff like that was paid lip service, you know, until we sort of got Virgo really coming on board and talking to our boys and saying, look, this shit saves lives. It does, mate. It does. You know? And um, I, I, won't, I won't get in it, into it um, too much, but I believe, mate, it was one after we sort of did a bit of that training with Fergo with the Tornay stuff and, um, you know, just dealing with um, trauma on principles, mate. One of the boys actually saved the bird's life. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, right. With a Torno. And, and it was from Fergo, mate. It was from Fergo drumming it into the boys. Because I remember we started doing a bit of, um, doing a little bit of sort of advanced stuff with Fergo, just teaching us. There was a capability lacking there. I guess, um, without getting into too much methodology, mate, um, with us being able to fight our way out of a situation if we had to or if we had, you know, a bloke had been hit and we had to move anyway because normally you, you, hoard it, you either go to the cars or hit a safe room, mm. you know. But there was there was a little bit of a capability gap there and, um, mate, we got Fergo on board with that and, um, mate, I remember him sort of, basically getting the boys lined up, saying, right, operationally, what are you carrying? And um, mate, Fergo gave him a foot up the arse and said, you need this, you need this, you need this. And At it a was minimum. All, and it was, it's tornadoes, it's all that sort of stuff, the tree. Combat gores, ETDs, yes. yep. Mate, simple stuff, chest seal. The, yes, and it's yes. nothing. He literally can pack up into a, pack that big, but enough to save. It's funny you talk about that because in the, you know, when, when you do contracting overseas, there is a dedicated guy. He literally carries a bag that is just medical. Yep. Especially yep. for the Ambos. I know the US run hot. They run they run with a bloody, uh, what do you call them, defib and everything. Yeah, so we, uh, so don't get me wrong, we do run with that, with the security car, so we, we, we've got yeah. to kit it out. But again, I think um, just those, just the tornado stuff and that sort of little things. That you can carry on you, you on your person. you can carry on you, mate, yep. where, you know, you, if you need to get back to a car, you're burning. It's too late. You're burning time. It's too late. Yeah. You really are burning time, mate. So, um, yeah, very grateful and, mate, it saved a life. Yeah, exactly. So tip for young players yeah. out there, 
any cop, anyone that's carrying a firearm, if you don't have a tourniquet, you shouldn't be a cop. Two. Yeah. Mate, Fergo drummed in two. Get two on you. At a minimum, have yeah. one. But if, fuck, if you yeah. can carry more, carry more. Yeah. And fuck, especially GDs, they've got map pockets. And, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, so... Yeah, mate. Yeah, so that's yeah. Fuck, we went off topic. Sorry, we, mate. We yeah. went off topic with the grassy knoll, but obviously, uh, that, <laughs> very interesting, that, mate. And it is pertinent to the it subject is, mate, matter. That Japanese no. uh, ex prime minister got fucking whacked. What last year is that? Shinzo Shinzo Abe. He did. Got smacked with a fuck. You seen the? Did you see the shotgun? No, I didn't. Dude, I never saw the footage, mate. It looks like this homemade shotgun looks like something we fucking seen in Timor, but it was like it looked futuristic, but it was. Useless, but it did its fucking job. That's all it takes. Homemade, wasn't it? Homemade shoddy. You gotta uh, Google it when you get home and you'll see this shoddy and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is that? Some of this shit that's getting around now, mate, because you can. 3D printed 3D around, yeah. shit. How does yeah. that 3D shit work? It's just. Fuck, if you that's, want to make a fire, worrying, you can make it? one, yeah. yeah it's like crazy. They had them in Timor, all those dodgy guns. But yeah, mate, that's all it takes. You know, look, they got close enough to him and smacked him. Sometimes, you know, that can be complacency that leads to stuff can like be, that, mate. 100%. Um, yeah, mate. So back to back to your timeline, your fuck 2019. Yeah, you, a bit going on there. A bit, bit going on. PPO for Mike Pompeo. Fuck, uh, yeah. What's up, mate? Year we lost. And I think that for me, mate, it was um, a few things, mate. We, we'd had our little one. And um, as you know, mate, your whole perspective on life changes when you have kids. Uh, um, so did yeah, did that PPA, mate, another great job to work in, PPA for US Secretary of State, mm. mate. So it's, it's, one under the, it's one under the president really, mate, you know. Uh, PPA as well, it's a big deal. Yeah, so again, so believe it or not, US Secretary of State, State Department looks after protection. Um, and again, mate, very similar tactics and methodology um, that that we use Secret Service, so mate, fitting well. But um, again, mate, gets the whole box, uh, gets the whole box and dice, mate, as far as the package goes. So, look, fantastic to be a part of. But you got that many fucking assets on the ground, mate. It's um, mate, they get close to him. You're doing well, you know, with with, with a with a principal like that. Uh, Where's your mind at at the stage of you, uh, you know, this is tw- almost 20 years. It is 20 years on the job. Yeah, and I think things sort of, things change a lot for me, mate. We lost two bosses from the office um, that had made a ridiculous amount of experience and had built up, mate, really built up the office since the old special branch days. Um, so that's basically what our unit, I don't know if you've heard of Special Branch, but, mate, they, um, after the Wood Royal Commission, um, mate, they had the guts stripped out of it because of a number of corruption. Dodgy cops, yeah. Issues and that sort of stuff. And, mate, there weren't, as far as my knowledge, mate, there weren't many left over after it had the guts sort of torn out of it. And the unit more or less got disbanded and had to start again. So... Mate, we had a boss that was left over from those days and um, made another boss who had 25-odd years' experience. And, um, mate, as it happens with the cops, mate, they were both pre-88ers and um, they sort of, I guess, they sort of reached their use-by date mm. as far as they were concerned, mate. So to lose, 
more or less to lose two bosses um, with that much experience, mate, it, it left a, a, a gaping hole in the joint. And without getting into it too much, mate, the cops have got a very good, or I won't say good, but they've got a habit of parachuting people into specialised positions that know fuck all about it. And that's what happened. Mm. And um, it was it was almost heartbreaking, mate, for me just to, to lose, to see that experience go and then, um, but I could, a lot of stuff, since I'd had my little one, I started sort of, a lot of shit that I had boxed up in my head, I started sort of ruminating on, mate, a lot of trauma and that sort of stuff. And I, I think, mate, looking back, I think having kids does that to you because it does change your perspective on life a little bit. Um, and, you know, things cease to start being about you and they're about someone else now and, um, you know, and you start looking at, you know, you start sort of empathising a lot more with trauma that you had been to, particularly, with, you know, we talked about that young bloke, um, that young 15-year-old who committed suicide and you now understand mm. having kids of your own what that would do to you, you know, and, and you reflect on that a little bit, you know. So it was around that time a little one was born and things were changing and then losing that experience out of the office and, um, mate, I had a, by that stage, mate, I had a heap of physical injuries that were really giving me grief. Um, torn bicep. Um, That's it. Fuck, you've had a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. ACL. Um, no more. Well, like piss and blood. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so, you know, in the end, mate, and, and those things, and you don't realise, things start creeping in and that anger starts creeping in and frustration. And, mate, it, all, it, mate, it's, it, it has a lot to do with what we call PTSD. And, um, Mate, it's not having, as you well know, mate, having PTSD, and I'm sure Brett Pinnell or someone mentioned, it's not about sitting in the basement fucking shining bullets, mate. It's everyone goes through their own journey with it, and it could be anger. It could be, um, mate, isolating yourself. It could be depression, anxiety, whatever. And um, I think start, things were really starting to sort of kick in for me in that regard and being a little bit disillusioned with the way things were going in the office, mate, started affecting me a little bit, you know, mm. um, to that point, you know. As in the change of police as well, because this is. Yeah, it might because. Change, with, change of concept or I guess the way the police were going. <sighs> with that office, mate, it had taken me years to build up that. It takes years to build up your reputation and credibility with those bosses. And, mate, they were old school bosses who rewarded good work, you know. And then to have new management come in to not only have to do your job but to teach them something that I shouldn't be having to fucking teach them, not just me but others, um, started it, it. It affected me as well, you know. And, um, mate, I won't get into it too much mm. but – I think in the space of when those two bosses left, I think in the space of, and this is credit to, to those two blokes, I think in the space of 18 months, mate, we lost about a, a cumulative up to 300 years experience in protection. And, and I'm not exaggerating, mate, 300 years. When you add up mm. the experienced operators in that joint that left after those two bosses left. 
Now, is that a coincidence? (laughs) (laughs) The brass, mate. Far out. Could go on forever. It's you could, fun. mate. You could, and yes. and, and we'll, we'll leave that conversation for a, save that for a debrief. For a debrief. Mate. Save mate. that for a debrief. Yeah, mate. So yeah, so coming up to 2021, this is where you pull the pin. Obviously, COVID's starting to swing in. Right, yep. smack bang. The Wicked I... Witch of the West is on TV every single day at 11 a.m. Killing me. I'm just waking up. Going, I can't look at his face again. You get to see it most days. Tough times for everyone. It was, yeah. It, where's your mind at? You was like, fuck this, I'm done. Like, this is, this is. So I think. It's getting a bit thin now. Yeah. I think, yeah, and, mate, you, you, you really, mate, I'm, I'm sure blokes have talked about this in previous podcasts. Back in the day, mate, when you got exposed to trauma, and I'm sure it was the same with you blokes, it wasn't. Mate, you didn't talk about it. You weren't offered any really opportunity to talk. It was just get on with it or go and go down the pub with the boys and fucking get some Scooby-Doo's in you and then get on with it, you know, and, that, and that's that's how it was. Um, and then you sort of, you just, you do, mate, you box that shit up. And then again, I think for me, mate, having my little one, it changed my perspective on life and you, and I did start reflecting on a lot of stuff with the cops and, and the career and... Um, Mate, you know, I think when you talk to blacks, mate, I think you know when you've reached your years by date with this stuff, and I had. Um, And I think, you know, it was that stage, and, mate, I, uh, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say, mate, I had to go and get some some help, you know, and, um, you know, you need it. You need it. And and you know, I think, and I just knew. I knew it was time, mate, Um, and I think, you know, the cracks started to appear at home because, mate, I was just angry all the time. You know, and looking back for me personally, mate, I don't reckon I the last five five years or so that I had in the job, mate, I don't think I slept because you're constant, mate. You're, you're going over things in your head. You're going over the you're even going over jobs the next day. What could go wrong? What could you know? What could happen here? And protection's a sort of thing, mate. It, it's not just. It's not just protecting you, mate. If you if there's if you fuck up slightly, and mate, you have a look at over the years with people getting up on stage. Or did you see that? Did you see that UK um, the leader of the opposition in the UK, the Labor dude? Have you seen that footage? No, no. Mate, I think that only happened last night. Mate. Oh, did it? Mate, they got a protection team around him. He's up on stage talking. And um, some dude jumps up on stage and throws a glitter bomb. <laughs> oh no way! <laughs> so that's your job down that, the drain. That, you're gone, mate. Yeah, that's it. Like any, any, and mate, even the oh, mate. I know with the feds, I think, um, I think the feds, mate. There was, I think, down in Melbourne, mate. Someone got up on stage and embarrassed the PM or something, mate. You're gone. Like you flicked off the team. You know, so you're not only. You, you know, you, you're worrying about any little indiscretion. You're not. You're, you're worried about these, just being. You know, if you, if they get embarrassed, mate, yeah. you're fucked. They're going to blame the cops. You know, and I think, for me personally, mate, if that had happened to me, with the amount of sort of years that I had put into the joint under those two bosses, they'd have you back. But mate, now you'd be fucking thrown straight out of the bus. You know, someone's got to be the patsy, mate. Someone's got to wear it, haven't they? You know, it's normally the bike yeah. on the shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Or running the job. Yeah. 
So, yeah, mate, it was all over that sort of COVID period that, uh, and mate, things got worse before they got good. That would have been hard too. Yeah, out. it was, mate. Yeah, it, um, it, it's, mate, it's hard on those around you because, mate, they, you know, I, you know, went through a fairly dark period there, mate, and. Mate, you know, there were some days there that, you know, you can't get out of bed and you can't, but, and it's, it's the effect that it's having on yeah, exactly. those around you yeah. as well. But mate, you know, you, you get through it and, um, you know, it's, I'm here now, mate, talking about it, you know, which is great. Yeah. Mate, house of cards, anything like that? Anything dodgy going on? I wasn't having threesomes, mate, with <laughs> Gladys. Gladys, who was that? Who was that? Who was that? Space, he had that threesome yeah. with his PPO and that's the, it. Yeah, and you were, uh, what was his missus' name? She ended yeah, up becoming the president, right. didn't she? Who was the the health minister? She was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> she I was like, I did, mate, the, she had oh, a, she had a moustache. <laughs> Dude, you're the I didn't love that show. You're the health minister with a moustache. Then remember, remember. This is out of my mouth, people. Yep. <laughs> uh, mate, I love that series. I a few of the boys at work. I did too. too, yeah, until. And then Kevin Spacey got caught out. He did, yeah. Touching, touching blokes up. Touching yeah. blokes and everything. And they had to write him out of the script. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that was wild. Yeah, I remember that that threesome scene. I was like, what? It's a bit fucking. Come on, mate, what were you doing? <laughs> fucking weird, mate. <laughs> if, if, <laughs> Here's one for you. If you had to choose one of your clients, <laughs> who would it be? I would. Oh, man, I'd, I've been. I'll get sued. I'd probably say for me, if I if this was my list, I'm just going through the list now, people. Um, yeah, probably Gillard. Why not? <laughs> if you listen, love my kids are going to listen to this one day, so I'm saying nothing. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You can get yourself into. Yeah, I've got enough. Actually, Kevin Rudd. Cam Rudd would be right. <laughs> Look pretty cute with a wig on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, we've gone off topic now. <laughs> Did, didn't you have one of those guys, you know, like he, us in Afghanistan, mate, we had this, one of my good mates lives not far from here. He's only a little guy and we always talked about it like, and we we actually brought a wig like if worse comes to worse, <laughs> you're it. You're it. You're going down. Mate, you just confirmed some rumours because there were rumours getting around what boys were getting up to over yeah. there. Oh yeah, <laughs> you oh, just yeah. confirmed. Yeah, no, it, it was it was it was talked about. <laughs> if we got desperate, Gav was our man. <laughs> he was the smallest and cutest. <laughs> oh, well, I saw those rumours, mate. <laughs> Yeah, mate. So <laughs> back back to it. So after uh, twenty two years on the job, mate. Obviously, both due to physical injuries and psychological. That's it, mate. Yeah, done, done, done. That's it. Um, and mate, you still you still deal with I think that sense of loss, mate, because. I know, I know guys have touched on this on previous podcasts, but you do, mate, you lose that sense of identity. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, you're at home and you're exposed to a lot with the media, mate. So you do see stuff on the news and that sort of thing. And you, mate, there are days where you think, fuck, I wish I was back out there doing it. And then you sort of reflect a bit more and you go, nah. Yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah. Nah. I, I, 
I've, I've done my time. And, yeah. Uh, but you miss the boys, mate. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, we've said it time and time again, but you miss your mates, you miss the boys, you miss talking shit, having a laugh on the job. Um, and doing the job. And doing the job. Fun. It is. Mate, it is. It is. And, um, look, mate, no regrets. Absolutely no regrets. And, and, and I think, um, mate, for anyone out there who's listening, you know, and, and, you know, has a bit of interest in doing this sort of work, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. You, you mate, you eat at the, you go where they go. That's you it, eat yeah. at fine dining restaurants. Mate, you stay in these five-star hotels. You drive fast cars. You do unreal driving courses. You, mate, you do some fucking unreal shit. Um, so, mate, anyone who's interested in doing it, I would encourage them, mate, because it is a great lifestyle. Um, and, mate, it, it, and you've got to take the hours with it, you know, big hours, you know, big overtime that sort of stuff. But, mate, it's rewarding. You know, you have, mate, I look back at some of those jobs and you go, you know, working on, mate, I'm riding around in the car with Megan Markle. Mate. Uh, I'll, I'll probably, actually, I'll change mine to you, Megan Markle. You miss that? Yeah. I'll, yeah. Mate, oh. I'm not Julia. And sorry, mate, ju- sorry, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> you're not it. <laughs> mate, you're into that, aren't you? You're into the big redheads. <laughs> I've had, I've had my fair share. <laughs> but, mate, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, sometimes you got to pinch yourself. You yeah. Know? Like, I'm in the car with Megan Markle. Fuck, you've and, you star know, started a list, mate. And, Some of the biggest um, names in the world you've worked for. Yeah, unreal, unreal. With legit mate. fucking threats yeah. against their yeah. lives. And, mate, and, you know, again, it's it's the dude you work with, it's particularly, mate, yeah. from overseas. You make, mate, you make some great friendships and, ah, oh, mate, you knock off, you go and get on the cans with these boys and they've got their own stories. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. You know, and, right. um, you know it, it, it is, it's a, it's a fantastic lifestyle, mate, and, and I would encourage anyone, um, anyone who's listening who's in the cops, mate, who need, you know, need that change and want to get into something different, give it a crack. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's a whole different world out there. Mate, just quickly, uh, throughout this time as a, a protection specialist, mate, anything, I guess, where you just, you know, a bit of intel comes in, you're like, fuck, something's, something's better. You're going to get the client out of there or? Um, has it mate, been pretty we, we, s- smooth sailing? It's been, for me personally, mate, I've, I was, I've been pretty lucky. Again, mate, it, it's sort of, there have been more situations where, um, Crazy protester or something. Remember that dude, mate? We always hit shit when we. I remember we always hit shit when we came to Newcastle. Um, Peter, remember the fucking Peter. Scene, the Peter, 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 what's Hall. his name? Peter yeah. Hall, 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 As yeah. In, yeah, mate. So that was that was back on Kevin Rudd, you know. And um, again, these a, are little things that you you, you got to deal with and be a little bit on the ball, mate. He was that was back when we we're doing. Um, he did that. That black dog, uh, black dog walk with yeah. um, Andrew Johns, because he was an advocate for that. So again, mate, it was a little bit of a shit fight security wise because um, Rudd, like again, like all of them, mate, wanted to be seen as a man of the people. So on the move, and you, he wanted people around him, mate. So it was very problematic. Um, and mate, he's not the only one, but. <laughs> I remember walking down Newcastle for sure there and 
mate, there's people everywhere. There's there's kids and there's bloody parents and everyone, you know, starstruck by Kevin Rudd and Andrew Johns and mate, I've sort of heard all this commotion coming up behind us and here's this dickhead on a pushy, mate, and he's plow, he's just about plowing little kids out of the way, mate, <laughs> straight for Kevin Rudd. So, mate, I... I was um, I was doing CPP with another one of the boys from our office, so we've just fucking cleaned him up off the bike. And um, mate, I remember winding up to to give him one because he was bunging it on a bit. And the the, the bloke I was working with, he's gone, Dawsey, no. And I've looked over, mate. I've fucking channel nine, cameras. channel seven with cameras all over us, mate. Yeah, so um, and. and you know, that's something you had to always be consciously mindful of is the fucking media. That's it, mate. Far out. You know, um, they, were, they were everywhere. And again, mate, it, that was a love-hate relationship with the media. They can be your best friend or your worst enemy. And, mate, I won't, I won't drop names with different stuff. But, mate, unfortunately with, as you can appreciate, with the media now, mate, and journalism, they're, they're always pushing a particular agenda. Of course they are. Depending on, mm. who, on who they're working for, whether it be the left or the right. And, um, mate, we're, a few times we, I know we did. We got information was leaked, mate, to various sort of protest oh, groups. no way. Mate, so that they could get a story. So we would rock up there and have to deal with a shit fight. Mate, 100%, 100%. Um, again, I won't name... Um, who they were or where they were from, but, mate, information, <clears throat> they would leak information specifically the protest groups so that they would turn up to a location so they could get a story. Media. Fucked. Grubs. Absolutely Fucked. grubs. Mate, mm-hmm. uh, another one, quick one. Any weird habits from any of these people? Did anyone pick their nose and eat it or – Smell around farts we, or something. Again, we know one because he got caught on camera picking his nose and oh no, he's picking his ears. Yes, yeah. Oh yeah, that was weird. Picking, fucking, picking, picking fucking earwax out of his ears and eating it. Remember he got caught. Yeah, he was in Parliament House. Yeah, no, that was that was odd. That's a strange cat. That's oh, that's something a four year old fucking does. N- nah, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, her nose. Her nose. Not, not yeah, her ear, not eating earwax. She'll you know have a dig in and have a chomp, but. Not the earwax, mate. I've tasted earwax. It's not nice. Fucking weird, mate. Not taste. Um, yeah, we so mate. I, I think I mentioned it there in my notes, mate. There was one dude that we always had to tell him he had piss stains on his trousers. <laughs> mate, yeah. like fair dinkum. Too many shakes. Too many shakes. Or just extra. Mate, is, it, is it that fucking hard? Yeah. Mate, I've been there if, on the piss. Mate, <laughs> Look down like, oh, fuck. Maybe if you've had 20 schooners. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Any, um, like, any, oh, not, even, not even something weird. Maybe, I don't know, maybe their favourite, uh, you know, burger shop or something. Or- <laughs> no, nah, mate, there was one, again, and, mate, the AFP will probably know exactly who I'm talking to, talking about here. Mate, one particular high office holder, mate, had a dead set um, reputation. Didn't matter who was in the car with him. Drop bombs, mate, <laughs> and make them sit through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. because, mate, as you know, you can't wind down windows. Yeah, um, it's gonna stay in out. The principal car, mate, yeah. gotta stay out, and you to put up with that shit. Oh, what a mad hey? dog! <laughs> 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 I would too, vice principal. Just let them rip, suck on this, um, boys. 
But mate, yeah, look, mate, they they all had their little idiosyncrasies. Yeah. Um, in the end, and, and mate, even Johnny Howard on them, and mate, we still eat at this Indian restaurant to this day at Kirribilli, mate. He was famous for Loved going. It. Boys will know what I'm talking about, mate. But um, went to the same Indian restaurant at, at Kirribilli, still there. Um, but mate, the dude had photos up on the wall. Um, mate, he loved it. I oh, loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, mate, they, 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 and, and, you know, this is, this is the problem with protection because, mate, everyone's habitual with what they do. And mm. in that world, mate, when things become habitual, they become problematic. Yeah. Because, mate, if you're a crook yeah. and you're wanting to do something in particular to someone, you know what their pattern is, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Um, and that's where, mate, a good operator will try and, Look ahead a little bit, mate, you know, because, again, you can try it and tell them to break up their program or change their program. They don't want it, mate. They won't. And they're normal human beings too. So, you know, they've got their own. You know. Mate, we're all, you're right. We're all creatures of habit. Yeah. We like what we like. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, you just got to try and, and, you know, that's why there's different things that you do, mate, to try and mitigate that. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, and, and that's the work, mate. It's. Protection's all about mitigating the threat and trying to stop things before it gets to that point where someone's getting around the way. You want it, y- y- your job is to stop that well before that happens. Mm. You know what I mean? Exactly. When it gets to that point, you're fucked. You're fucked, yeah. Because you're not, mate, let's let's face it, mate, unless you're a fucking, you know, unless you're Superman, you're rarely going to stop the first one, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. No. Or well, the President of the United States with 400 vehicles. Yeah, you're not getting... You're not getting you're a not few getting, yeah. of that dude. Yeah. But, yeah, I've, actually I've seen a few videos of, uh, was it Barack? Yeah, it was Barack. He walks down, walks out of the White House down to the local fucking burger shop and, fuck, oh, I can only imagine the fucking team just going, fuck, not again. <laughs> yeah, Gone. so. Boss, let's not do that. Mate, I, there were times there we found us, we found ourselves walking at 11.30 at night on a Saturday night with K Rudd around fucking Kirribilli. So you can imagine around Kirribilli full of fucking drunks and people on the piss at 11.30 at night. And, mate, he loved, he loved the, mate, he loved the fame and everything mm. that went with it, mate. He would, Go to his he way. would gravitate yeah. towards people, mate. Yeah. The selfies and all that sort of shit, mate. He loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Not good for us. No. That's, fuck. But, um, you know, and... But the flip side of that was he wasn't he wasn't as routine as say a John Howard who did the same walk every, every day morning. Yep. You know, and so, you know, you take the good with the bad. So yeah, not so good walking down Kiribilli at night, but you never knew when he was gonna do it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Wow. Um, but touching on that, <clears throat> oh, I didn't mention it earlier. You know, remember you remember when he was with the Kevin Rudd incident when he went off at that um, air hostie on the That's restaurant. That's right, yeah. For getting the wrong meal. Yeah. Remember, he, he dropped a few fucking C bombs. Yeah. And, Better. It was my missus. Bullshit. Why shit you not? Oh, this that is was awesome. My missus. Yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah. So you- it was funny how, it was actually funny how we met because she'd been doing that work for a fair bit. Um, and um, I think it it was good, mate, because I got rid of my bodgy tooth. I got my new tooth in, so I was on the hunt. 
And, um, <laughs> <laughs> it just so happened that a mate I was working with in protection in our unit was whinging to me. I remember when I was jealous, I said, oh, mate, I just, you know, it's time. It's time for me to find someone mm. and, and settle down. A this is bit after and, the threesome with the Premier? No, I'm just joke, <laughs> joke, everyone. <laughs> you watching too many House of Cards, yeah. mate. Um, and my mate said, oh, look. My missus, it's so bizarre, mate, how small the world is. This bloke's missus was in the cops, but she grew up with my missus, um, at, you know, in a sort of Mark's Point, Belmont area. And um, Alicia was working down in um, in um, Fairburn at that time in Canberra at 34 Squadron and, mate, just hooked me up with his blind date. Remember, mate, knocking off and driving all the way down to Canberra to meet this bird I'd never met before and... The rest is history, mate. Yeah, but right. Yeah, she was the one. She was the one yeah, that right. caught that abuse. Yeah. What did she serve him? Clean <sighs> curry or something. It wasn't the right meal, was mate. It? And and this is probably, mate. It'd be good because, mate, she had she's seen as far as what we're talking about these little idiosyncrasies and yeah, yeah. bad hygiene habits and funny. Little, seen it all. She's seen it all, mate. Yeah. And um, look, I won't speak on her behalf, and mate, she'd be a good one to get on actually. Because, mate, lock, she, lock it in. Mate, she's playing the Queen, you name it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I did ask someone if the Queen smells like mothballs. Only because it's me. like a grandmother. Please remind me to tell you, I can't say it on air. Please remind me to tell you a story about the Queen when she came out for Cholgham. Yeah, right. After Damn. this, mate, Damn. when we're off air, because I'll get in deep shit if I, <laughs> if I broadcast. I'll get sued. Okay. <laughs> May she rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God save the king. <laughs> Remind me, I'll tell you. Um, but yeah, mate, it, it's um, so yeah, no regrets, no mm. regrets, mate. And you know, I met my met my missus out of it, mate. We've been together for over ten years. Have a beautiful little girl out of that, and and um, you know, mate, she um, she really, mate. Without her, I would have found things fucking difficult. Um, particularly due, during that sort of that latter year of my career and things were sort of starting to creep up on me, mate. She she's dealt with a lot, mate. Put up with a lot, and and um, mate, a lot of you know a lot of women wouldn't they wouldn't yeah. put up. No, I wouldn't expect anyone to put up with it, mate. You know, and I think you can empathise with them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, fuck, mate. Talking about, mate. So, um, mate, love her to death, and um, yeah, mate. Without going to protection, I wouldn't have met her. Mm. You know? so, yeah. Things do, do you ever take the pissing? She's cooking dinner and like, no, nah, fuck that. I don't want that. <laughs> you should <laughs> film it for me. We'll put it up on YouTube. We'll put it up on Instagram. Well, you got to get it on, mate. She told me. Oh, done. Let's story, do it. Yeah, that's, far. Uh, that's, uh, far out. Kevin. That's, Kevin that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Some of the shit she's saying, mate. I want to find out what meal it was. <laughs> See if it was warranted. I can't remember, mate. I'll. Yeah, yeah. I'd her. lose my shit if someone brought out like vegan stuff. Be like, yeah, the f- what the fuck is this shit? Um, Where's my steak? Oh, mate, he was. I, I think he was. He was. And mate, these these poor girls, mate, on those jets, they're just trying to do their yeah, job, mate. And yeah, they treat it, mate. A lot of, not all of them, but mate, a lot of them just treat them like shit. You know, and, and they're all Air Force, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, all yeah, all Air Force, mate. Yeah. Um, but mate, again, like you know, have it. And I won't get into it because it's it's her story, mate. But even you know that that career, mate. It's you know she hasn't she's out now. Um, she sort of saw a few different things, which um, you know we can relate to on this show yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, so 
um, yeah, mate, very grateful to have met her and, um, yeah, mate, without sort of going into protection, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. No, awesome, mate. Awesome. Mate, uh, mate, we've been chatting for a while now. It's been fucking really cool. Yeah, it's been good, mate. It's, it's, it's been it's, good. It's, mate, considering, I love it. I love and it. again, mate, we discussed this, considering, considering some of, mate, that, that some of the dudes who have been on, on this podcast and, mate, the heroes who have been on it and, mate, ordinary blacks doing extraordinary things, mate, I, I was a bit apprehensive. Um, sort of coming on kicks, mate. I, you know, uh, some of the stuff um, these guys had done, mate, is extraordinary. Oh, it's wild. Yeah, extraordinary. Yeah, definitely, and, um, definitely. But, mate, I think there was a story to tell there with protection. Mate, and, it's, and particularly, I think, mate, for blokes who are sort of deciding what to do with their career. And there's there's definitely an option there, mm. one, mate. You know, if, you've, if you're sick of doing something on the street or whatever, or you get to that point, and I'd got to that point, you know. And, mate, looking back, that, that gave me career longevity. Mm. Going into protection got me well and truly over 20 years. Mm. And I think without that, mate, I would have been in deep shit. Yeah, exactly. You know. So. Mate, you've got a story. You, it's fucking – mate, you should write a book. I'm telling you right now. It would be fucking awesome because people love this stuff. I love this stuff. This is this is my world. You know what I mean? This is my yeah, world. So yeah. I, we, I, enjoy, we, I enjoy it and I, I understand where you come from because once you get into the close protection game, you'll see how complex it is. It is a – your mind, you know, there'll be times when you do something, you're like, fuck, I should have done it this way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you feel like the client's seen it. <laughs> and then you're like, fuck, yeah, I can't know. believe I just did that. You fucking idiot. But, mate, as you know, it is it is particularly an area where, mate, a lot of guys who have been overseas, ex-military, um, you know, that it's something, you know, they, they come back, they get out of the, they get out of the army or whatever, Mate, they've got that unique skill set mm. so they can walk straight into doing that work, you know, and, and, and it's an option for a lot of guys, yeah, mate. Yeah, exactly. Because having that having that skill set with what guys have done overseas, mate, they get snapped up. Yeah, yeah. A lot you of know. money in the civil world too. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah, so, Trust you know, me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's again, it's, and, and you know more than I, mate, with the civil world, with protection, Mate, once you leave the military or you leave the cops, life isn't over. You've still got a skill set to use. Exactly. And, and utilise, you know, and, and, and do well from. Mm. You know, so. Exactly. Mate, as I said, uh, yeah, mate, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story because it, it's it's fascinating. Absolutely no, fascinating. Thanks for inviting me, mate. I, I, honestly, mate, I'm very, I feel very humbled being here, mate. Uh, I'm very privileged. Again, mate, considering some of the dudes that you've you've had on this show, mate, I'm I'm stoked. I'm stoked yeah. to be here, mate. Really, and um, mate, it's a mate. Oh, we talked about this. It's a, it's amazing once you talk to guys how many people are listening to this podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's wild, like, it? mate. It's just. It's, it's good though. It's that's, that's what I want to do is yeah, get people like yourself, share your stories and regardless of what you've done in your life, yeah. everyone's got a story and that's what I put it out to people. Like everyone, yeah, everyone's got a story. <clears throat> and uh, mate, to tie it off, I've got a couple of final questions. First question, what advice can you give to pe- people just to keep on keeping on, complete any goal they set their mind to? Crush it in life, mate. Again, mate, you're a young yeah. boy from Maitland. You could end up in jail like the rest of them. Yeah, mate. Look, I think if you've got a desire to do something, just fucking go for it. Like you just you got to get you've got to have a crack. And um, mate, like it, mate. I was a as I said, you mate. Growing up, I was just a fifty six kilo fucking nobody from Maitland, mate. And mate ended up wanting to join the cops. And then mate, you know, you have a look at <laughs> have a look at you know who I've looked after. And I think 
yeah, I think, mate, if you've got an interest in something, go for it, you know. Um, and I think you've got to have that interest there, you know. It, 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 and for me, mate, the interest was always there and right up until the end. Um, so, mate, you just, you, you do, mate, it's, you know, you follow your heart, mate, and keep going and going until you get what you want, you know. It's, but um, again, mate, for anyone out there who's, you know, particularly in the cops who, um, thinking about something different, mate, protection, it's unreal. Mm. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, mate, second question, what is the plans for the future? Raising a four-year-old? Yeah. No, so at the moment, mate, we're sort of, we're in a little bit of a transitional phase because um, Alicia's got out of the, the rap yep, as yep. well. So, um, again, mate, she did, I think she did about 20, about the same, mate, about 22 years, but... Mm. Um, again, mate, very lucky with when she joined that she will be looked after sort of moving forward. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to work again at some point. <laughs> no, <laughs> mate, just to keep your sanity. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. You know, um, but moving forward at the moment, mate, I think um, just having a break from that whole – because, mate, you know, as you know, there is work out there protection-wise. Whether I sort of end up going down that path again, I don't know. But I think I need to give myself a little bit of a break from that. Enjoy my little girl for a little while before she starts school mm. um, and just try and get a little bit out of life, mate, while I can. And then, oh God, I don't know, mate. It's it's at the moment I haven't really worked that out. But, um, again, mate, you have a look at some of the guys that have been on this show and they've they've just gone forward in, forwards in leaps and bounds. That's it, mate, they? yeah. But really successful. Yep. So again, mate, if you, and I think, you know, might have been Dallas or someone mentioned uh, on his podcast that, mate, if you're a worker, you've got that drive and, um, mate, you're a team player, you, you, mate, you're going to, you're going to eventually snare something. You're going to, you're going to be successful, you know? Um, so yeah, mate, we'll wait and see, we'll wait and see, we'll sort of leave that. Chapter open, mate. Yeah, mate. Oh, I'll flick you some jobs. They're always popping up, you know. Come come and work on the slabs, mate. Oh, fuck. I don't know, mate. So they're going to, yeah, probably put you off doing more close. Did you get a gun? <laughs> no, fuck. Oh, yeah, fuck. That's the worst thing about protection here in Australia. It's not, yeah, you just got to fight with your fist. I can't know if I could do it without a risk. Yeah, I know. Man. I know. That's a, mate, there's actually a couple of jobs going in Israel at the moment. Say when, say when. Yeah, my sister would be pleased with that, man. <laughs> Mate, uh, third question. Now, as we spoke about before, I just want, you know, I wanted to find out some dirty habits from these uh, these people that you've looked after. Maybe for yourself, mate, tell us something that people don't know about you or, you know, guilty obsession. Do you pick your nose and eat it or your earwax? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to think something. Food. Because, again, beer. Oh, I love the cans, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, I've been pretty good. I've been pretty good lately. Um, bad habit-wise, mate, you should be asking my missus these questions. Yeah, <laughs> KFC. Love a bit of KFC. Donuts. Um, <sighs> You're a cop, so it has to be donuts. <laughs> Stereotypical. <laughs> you always get, yeah, you always get the donut jokes, cops. <laughs> it's from um, The Simpsons. It's all the <laughs> reason. I don't know, mate. You've put me on the spot there, mate. I, 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 <laughs> I, can't, mate, I couldn't. I could say a few things, but mate, that 
I want my daughter to listen to this one day. <laughs> and the missus. Yeah. Are you talking about your, your browser history? <laughs> yeah, we won't go there. <laughs> we, we oh, mate, I'm like any other bloke. Yeah. Surely. Oh, yeah. I'm listen. Lobster tube. Red porn. I remember when I told my missus about lobster, she's going, why do I call it lobster tube? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, can I just tell a quick funny story about lobster tube? (laughs) Here we go. He's not going to mind me telling this story. Uh, So, mate, we started doing a little bit of training. Uh, Another place we used, um, mate, we used Singleton Army Base a little bit. And I don't know, have you stayed... Have you stayed on the lines up at Singleton before? Uh, the yeah, old, I'm sure I have. Mate, the fucking walls are paper thick. The fucking paper thick. And um, mate, we we took um, we took a crew up there, and mate, I was staying up there, and the instructors were all staying together, and mate, I had Fergo in the <laughs> next to me, <laughs> and um, mate, we were sort of at we were at. We were at dinner at the, at the sergeant's mess and, mate, one of the boys, mate, he's right into that shit. He's, I hadn't heard of lobster tube before. Yeah. And um, he's gone, yeah, fucking get on lobster tube. It's fucking unreal. And, um, you know, when you go, you jump on and you you click on whatever fetish you, you're after. On, oh, on lobster. you're telling a story, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mate, when you click on... You know those ads, you get those jingles. There's always a particular ad that comes up with a jingle, you know, that yeah. stupid fucking jingle. And, um, mate, I remember we're fucking having a few beers at the mess and we go back that night and I'm fucking, I'm sort of laying down to fucking get a bit of kip. And Fergo's in the room next to me and I've heard one of those jingles just start. Fergo. <laughs> <laughs> Fergo, all over it. Like <laughs> 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 you're back on rotation, big fella. Yeah. Far <laughs> <out>. Absolute classic. <laughs> Fergo. Oh, mate, yeah. Um, but, mate, just quickly, can I, just a quick shout out. Yeah. To, yeah. to mate, uh, Terry Dalt, mate, one of the blokes, he's, um, mate, he loves listening to this show. Um, and mate, Jet Sola still fighting the good fight for the Spankers, mate. You'll know what that means, but yep. um, mate, champion bikes, good one to have on old Tess, mate. Yeah, it's, um, mate. even Mac for fucking yeah, like 20 odd years, mate. So let's, let's get them on, but mate, yeah, very, very thankful, mate. Very, um, yeah, I feel very privileged coming on, mate, and yep. getting it out there. Uh, but two, two quick final questions, yeah, favorite movie, TV show. Oh, fuck, you fucking give me a cop one, mate. You know what? I'm not in the I'm not in the fucking. You know, actually, a cop one. You know, one we were sort of into. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? It's a it's an animated cartoon. It's called Archer. Yes. Yeah, that's fucking I've piss never funny. Watched it, it's though. an adult. Is it's it? an adult. It's mate, fucking piss funny. Yeah, right. There's a little bit of Archer in all of us, mate. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've, yeah. Um, there's a good YouTube uh, one I used to watch back in the day. It's called The Retarded Policeman. If anyone's out there, check it out. It is my favourite. The retarded police. Yeah, it's just cop with Down syndrome. It's it's an absolute. I'm it's, not going to say anything. If you're out there, just check it out. It's funny. You got to watch it. I'll check it out. It's it's old, like it's old now, but but it, mate, I, I don't know. It's funny. Like since I left the cops. Mate, I used to, you know, used to, I used to watch a lot of shit on TV. And, mm. and <clears throat> again, mate, I, there's a, a lot of stuff I just find hard to watch now. Like, yeah, right. not because yeah. of, just hard to concentrate on, Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I just found that, you know, especially for me working in Iraq and Afghanistan on the contracting, like especially if you're in the car as a driver, not a PPO. PPO's inside, yeah. three, four-hour fucking meeting, set up the fucking iPad, yeah. watch a few movies. Yeah, fucking nice. Yeah. I'm, Mate, you, you fucking do it when you can, don't yeah. you? Yeah, set it up on the M4, um. M4 stand, <laughs> <laughs> or the AK stand. But yeah, mate, a lot of mate. I'm, I love my sport, love my mm. love my league, mate. Followed the Knights since '88. Um, Get out. But my and and mate again, mate. Done a few, uh, done a few big sort of holidays to the USA, mate. Mm. Love US sport. Oh yeah, um, yeah I love my sport. Too. Hey, that was a mate. I went to a Raiders game when, it, when they were back in Oakland. Oh no, that was mate. a fucking eye. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I've been to a few NFL games. I fucking love them. Um, mate, you see the cops walk around at a Raiders game. They walk in teams of four. They got snipers and shit on the roof. Don't, don't <laughs> fuck around in the US. Ah, uh, cool, mate. Yeah, you fence jumper, you hit a fucking seven six two to the face. Um, but mate, how mate going? To, I remember the first. You never forget your first trip to the US. I fucking love that joint. Yeah, yeah. I go oh. every year. I'm there every, every year. Yeah, for work. I'm always over there working. <sighs> I gotta get. I'm going in January to Vegas. How good's Vegas? I know. It's trouble. Mate, I've been there once. Yeah. <gasps> Mate, that is one place I've been to that is like the movies. It is the city that never sleeps. Have you been to those pool parties? <laughs> Have I ever? I've been everywhere. It, Mate, it is. It's it wild. Is, it is like it's the wild. movies. It, it is. The, America is the movies. <gasps> it's literally you, you. It's crazy. You become a movie star when you go there. That, 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 is, an, that is an adult's Disneyland, that joint. It's wild. That's just, that's just Vegas. <sighs> Yeah, it's crazy. Mate, uh, last quick one. Favourite uh, song, artist. What are you listening to? Actually, just, sorry, quickly, any clients that had any music they wanted played in the cars? I've had a couple of clients. I've had a couple of old clients that listen to, like, classical music, which used to fucking kill me. Mate, it's funny. Like, remember, so there was a GG Governor General for a while, Quentin Bryce, mate. She was writing to her um, – yeah. Operas and all that sort of stuff. So we always got dragged down to the opera house and all that sort of Yuck. stuff, mate. That was fucked. I got a mate. photo with her. Did 2004, you? yeah. Yeah, she presented us with a, a trophy we won in the military. It's funny, mate. Of all pe- she, uh, of she all, was nice. She, she was, was nice. Mate. I remember, lady. mate. One Smell of the like mothballs. <laughs> it's like my grandmother. <laughs> like the queen. <laughs> That reminds me, remind me to tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, mate, as far as music goes, mate, I've got a fairly eclectic sort of taste in music, but it depends on what you're doing, mate. Training mm. wise, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. you'll be fucking heavier with music, but, mate, you know, always. Akadaka. Don't mind a bit of air supply either, mate. Oh, fuck. Yeah, right. mm. yeah I don't mind that. Yeah, bit, of, bit of old school. Yeah. Yeah. Depends what mood I'm in, mate. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'm like that. Too. Yeah, I've got different bit music easy, for different. Mate, bit of easy listening. Easy listening. Yeah, it's funny. I've never been. Uh, did you ever go to many concerts? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, fuck, I've never... worked at a lot of concerts. Yeah, yeah. Kind of turned yeah. me off them, but yeah, no, definitely. I think my first concert I ever went to was 28 Days. Remember 28 Days? Yeah. Australian band. It would have been fuck. I would have been 14 or 15. Yeah, yeah. I think the first, dead set, the first concert I ever went to when I was, because, mate, Newcastle Uni used to get a lot, at the bar on the hill, used That's to get right. a lot of Still awesome does, yeah. bands. Remember Henry Rollins? Rollins band? Rollins band, far out. That's fucking wow. heavy shit. Yeah, That's that old. Was a fir- that was one of the first concerts I went to. Yeah, Is it? Yeah, bar, right. bar on the hill. 
don't yeah. know. Yeah, Roland's been. Silverchair's from Newey. Sounds, yeah. yeah. He's a bit of a strange cat, that. What's his name? Daniel Johnson. Daniel, yeah. That's what drugs will do, yeah. <laughs> drugs are bad, I'm <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> Tip for young players. <laughs> Mates, if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Um, You're nowhere really, are you? Sort of off the grid at the yeah, moment. Yeah, just mate. reach out to me and I yeah, can pass messages yeah, on. Yep. Yeah, definitely, mate. Just yeah. just through you, mate. Um, again, mate, I, you know, I am contactable, as you know, but, mate, yeah, just off the grid at the yeah. moment. But, yeah, just go through you, mate. If so, no, easy, mate. Yeah. Get in contact Anyone's, with me. Anyone's got any questions about the CP world, especially in the cops, if you're a cop out there and you want to yeah, get yeah. stuck into and it. yourself, and, mate, you've, yeah. you've got a lot of experience yeah. there, mate. So yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. reach out. We can yeah. point you in the right direction and... 100%. 100 mate. No, easy, mate. Again, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story, mate, because it's, it's been a blast. Loved it, mate. Loved yeah. it. Loved every second, mate. And, and um, yeah, mate, just very humble. Very humbled, mate. No, Thank you very much. Well, let's, uh, let's have a beer. 100%. All right, mate. Gotcha. Thanks, mate. Wait, wait, wait. Now, quickly, just before you go, I want to tell you about Three Zeros Coffee. Now, as you know, I like my coffee how I like my men, long and black. <laughs> However, lately I've moved into the cold brews. I'm loving it, obviously, because the weather here in Australia at the moment is quite hot. So what I've been doing is using the seasoned campaigner pour-over filter bags, literally rip open the packet, put the filter bag over my coffee mug, a few ice cubes, pour in some hot water, let it cool down, add a sugar or two just to make it sweet and... I fucking love them. Honestly, you get the kick that you need out of the caffeine and the taste is great. So if you want to get yourself a supply of coffee, head over to 30scoffee.com.au. From there, you can choose whatever you want. You've got the beans, you've got the pour over filter bags, got some merchandise. And just to let you know that a percentage of their sales is forwarded to organizations that support first responders. So while you're getting your coffee, you're doing a good deed by getting some of this money to the first responders and where it needs to go. While you're there, don't forget to use the discount code 3ZLIMITS. Now, look in our bio, you see that discount code, use it, get your discounts. So again, jump onto 30scoffee.com.au and grab yourself a supply.